Hello, welcome to Virtual Strangers, a weekly podcast all about VR gaming and everything VR gaming related. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started and get into the news. I uh, won't go into a long, drawn-out thing. Uh, first thing we got going on this week is Battlewake. Uh, it's been released, coming to us this in the summer of 2019 by Servios. Uh, currently, there's no price, uh, which I'm kind of curious to see how much this would be. It's from the makers of Sprint Vector, Raw Data, Electronauts, uh, most recently Creed. And uh, as you can see on the, the video, it's a pirate game. Looks pretty interesting to me. Looks like it's got the same mechanics or similar mechanics to Bow to Blood, where you're aiming with your hands. Um, clearly not a sim. Uh, now, I'm interested in this game a lot because I like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Sea of Thieves. Um, it's an amazing game on a flat game. And uh, so I'm always looking for a good pirate game. Now, it, it does look a little bit uh, arcadey, but um, I think the fast pace uh, is going to be pretty, pretty cool. Um, Justin, what are your thoughts on this? Do you uh, does this look like a title you would would give a shot to? Yeah, I've never played Sea of Thieves, but this reminds me of Furious Seas, a VR only you know pirate game that I have, and I actually like it a lot. I was surprised by how much I liked it because you could you could actually you know move the cannons and and uh, ram other ships, and it's actually fun to uh, you know float around and attack other ships. So. Yeah, this just looks kind of like a more involved, more more graphically intense version of that, sort of. And I assume it has co-op or multiplayer. Yeah, it did actually. They, they did announce it's going to have co-op. Now, it is in beta, actually. Or there, you can get into a closed beta. I know I turned it in. Um, did any of you, uh, Wes or Alex, did you guys sign up for the beta? Or is this something you would give a shot to? <clears throat> I've not personally. I've just... I, I always prefer, you know what I'm like with these things, I prefer to just wait and just play the finished product. Sometimes you can get fatigued with a game before it's released if you if you play it to death in, in beta. Um, but this is a, this is a came out of nowhere really and Servios have obviously got a really good track record with releasing really good games but also diverse games. Every single game they've released has been different. They've not released one game that's the same. You've got a shooter, you know, like a almost like a Mario Kart in VR, Electronauts, which is like being a DJ, Creed, which is a boxing game. Now you've got this one, which is being a pirate. So they're really, really, they don't like making the same game twice, that's for sure. But uh, I was listening to Tester, they, they did a review, not a review, but like an impressions video. Um, and they were saying that there's like four different captains and they've all got different skills. You can do things like summon a Kraken, bring in a tsunami, uh, you know, like summon some sort of um, tornado. So it sounds like it's going to be quite interesting. Um, obviously, I don't think you're going to be manually going around and actually using the cannons. I think you, I think you, you kind of helm the ship, and then you just point with your hand mm -hmm. where you want to shoot, sort of thing. But it's going to have a PvP. Uh, it's going to have co-op. It's going to have a, 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 a apparently a 20, 20 level campaign single-play campaign so yeah it looks interesting so I'm interested definitely yeah it looks really amazing actually it's I just watching this video makes me want to play it right now I'm hoping I'm getting a, a thing in my email soon for the beta uh, do we know sure. what this has been confirmed is, this, is, it, is, it, is it gonna PS is it PS I presume it's PSVR 
PC VR and do we know if it's going to be Quest maybe? I don't know. Has that been confirmed? I don't I don't know that they've confirmed any. I know at least for as far as I know, I just know that's PC VR, but um, I would imagine it'd come to all the platforms, right? Well, every every other game's come to PSVR, so I presume it's going to be PlayStation as well. Yep. Exactly. Um, and I, it looks like the graphics could potentially be dumbed down enough to run on the Quest, so yeah, maybe that as well. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I presume. Where's you? Have you signed up for the beta on this one? Uh, I'm undecided on the beta. Um, I definitely want to play the game, but the way I look at a closed beta is I look at it as a commitment. Like if I sign up for a closed beta, I'm committing myself that I'm definitely one going to play the game, and two give the developers the feedback that they're looking for by putting the beta out there. Um, so I, I don't know if I'm going to do the beta yet or not, but I'm definitely looking forward to playing it, uh, mainly because it's from Servios. In my opinion, Servios is the premier VR game development company in the world right now. VR is all they do, and everything they do is always top-notch from an uh, uh, audio-visual standpoint as well as a gameplay standpoint. And as you said, every time they make a game, they break the mold. Uh, no one game is like the last one, and everything's always a lot of fun. So I'm definitely going to pay it just because it's from them. Uh, whether or not I go into the closed beta or not, uh, I'm kind of debating that with myself right now. That's pretty cool, though. At least, you you know, that's kind of what the closed beta is for, not for us to check it out and see if it's cool or not, but to actually give the developers feedback. So I'm, it's cool to hear you uh, take that stance because a lot of people... Um, and I'm not going to include myself into this category. Would just want to check it out. Um, but uh, so I guess if anyone else does, or no one else has anything else, we'll move on to the second um, news topic here, which is um, Jupiter and Mars uh, released uh, as a uh, PSVR exclusive on um, April 22nd, Earth Day, which is uh, by Tigertron Studios, uh, which is pretty interesting the date they released it because this game is all about pollution and and destroying the earth via human uh i don't know laziness i guess but um at least that's my assumption it's currently going for 24.99 on the playstation store uh first off i wanted to thank servios for providing us a key so we could check it out that was pretty cool um this game is an exploration puzzle and it's based Pretty much has uh, sonar mechanics to it. I, I guess, what is it, Dolphin Echo VR or something people played back in the day. They say this is very similar to that. I never played it. I'm one of the people like Wes that just didn't hit my radar. Um, uh, you control two dolphins, and uh, essentially one of them you can see, the other you're the other one. And it's kind of like you're looking through its eyes, and you can send that other one out to destroy stuff, uh, find ways through gaps and stuff. Um, holes you'll create uh, it's it's pretty cool actually I know those positives I guess it's negatives it's a little bit, bit Vaseline looking um, there's a lot of criticism on that I kind of saw past it um, but the, the, the gameplay is pretty cool so uh, I haven't got to the parts where I get to see New York underwater I want to see that but uh, I know Wes um, I know you tried this game how far did you get into it I'm assuming you got a little bit further than me no, I did not play this game. Uh, I have not had an interest in playing this oh. game. Uh, this is, uh, uh, first of all, let me say thanks to Tigertron for the 
for the key. Oh, uh, uh, I don't know why I said Servios. Yeah. Well, we got Servios on the brain. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I haven't really had any uh, desire to play this game. When I when I saw uh, saw it in the lead up, and it was a long lead up to this game. We've been waiting on it for a long time. Uh, it just looks like an, an audio visual uh, showcase to me. It doesn't look like there's much there in terms of gameplay. And uh, when the reviews started to come out and people started talking about the audio visuals not being on par either, I just completely tuned out at that point. And even though we had an opportunity to play it, I, I didn't really have any desire to. So, no, I haven't checked it out yet. Uh, okay. Uh, how about you, uh, main fan? Did you check it out, right? Yeah, I got to the third level. Um, so I played it on a PS4 Pro. I didn't see any Vaseline at all, but I, what it was, it was very pixelated. So what you're seeing on the screen, it didn't look nearly as good as this because it was, you know, way more pixelated than this, of course. Um, I'm surprised because these graphics aren't, you know, they're not that, you know, complex. There's a lot going on. So I, I don't know why it needed to be as pixelated as it was, but it was still, I still thought it was fun. Like I was a kid that grew up with Echo the Dolphin. So I had Echo the Dolphin. I had echo the tides of time i had echo the dolphin on dreamcast um and they were they were hard games this game it's it's nowhere near as fast as echo the dolphin when i was a kid i remember i was talking to another kid in middle, middle school about echo the dolphin because i was so excited about it and i was like and when echo goes like zoom, zoom, i was like all excited about how fast he could move around and the kid made fun of me he was like what he goes like zoom. And uh, <laughs> and that's like an inside joke my girlfriend and I have. Like, if something's fast, she'll go like, did it go like Jun? <laughs> this game does not move like Jun. Definitely. It's it's much slower. Um, and But it's still fun. The music is great. That One thing that saves this game is the music. It's really good. I actually found myself, you know, I like, kind of like moving to it a little bit. Um, you go around basically saving other animals and it's mostly an exploration game where you're just searching for stuff all over the place and see this circle that's like kind of like a map and you can see sometimes there's a little shiny point that's to let you know you need to go in that direction to get to the next thing you need to find because you will get lost in this game and for a little while you'll you might get frustrated because you don't know where you're supposed to go um and you shoot you shoot sonar out just like in Echo, and that's like how you save stuff a lot of times, and how you make things happen in the game. And that, so you're playing as Jupiter, and the other one, Mars, you control by like, that one does like the rush attack, like to smash into objects and stuff. Um, so you're not first person doing the rush, the rush attack thing. I wish you were, because I would like to do that fast swimming stuff. Um, so I got to the third level. Am I going to continue it? Maybe. Maybe. It's kind of one of those I'm not sure games. It's 25 bucks, I think. I wouldn't buy it for 25 I don't think. But, I don't know, maybe 20 maybe 15 That's what I say. Yeah, I agree. I'd say probably max 15 Um Probably wait for it to be on a sale, like 10 if I was buying it. But, that, I mean, it's not, just not my type of game. That's what, probably why. But, um, Alex, you, is this going to be on your list to, to pick up when uh, you get your PlayStation VR? No, 
No. No. <clears throat> no. It's just I'm not... I don't know. I mean, this game is obviously a flat game as well as a, a VR game. And I don't know how... If it's not a very interesting in VR, I just can't see how even in flat, how the hell this would be anything remotely entertaining. Because I do like exploration games, but I don't know. I just think that this this game just doesn't speak to me for some reason. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, but it's not. It's definitely not on my list to, to try out. That's for sure. Oh, Alex, you played Blind. This game is very similar to Blind in that there are a lot of dark areas and you have to keep doing your sonar to be able to see yep. what's around you. So that's annoying. Yeah, well, I'm going to talk about Blind next week. But yeah, yeah that's, that's uh, yeah, that is, that, that, I can imagine that gets old after a while. So. Yeah. All right. Well, if there's not anything else on uh, Jupiter and Mars, we'll move on to our third topic, which is uh, Pupil Wandering VR. Just came out, released May 7th uh, by developer Spoon Network. It's released at $11.99, but it's on sale till May 14th for $8.39. And now this uh, is a horror game made uh, by a Chinese company. Originally came out in PlayStation VR. I guess you could only pick it up on at the on the Chinese store, but I, Wes was just telling me before the, the stream that it is in English if you did pick that up. Uh, but now it's coming to the uh, PC VR. And, um, you know, we saw this game here on Virtual Strangers and we had to pick it up and give it a shot. And uh, I really enjoyed it um, outside of the movement, which is very slow and very non-intuitive, or at least locomotion wise. I, I just I, you pretty much have to hold down a button and steer with your head. And I, I don't like that. That just really turned me off so much so that I almost didn't continue on, which I would have been a shame because uh, the atmosphere is is really done well. Uh, looks good. Has a very creepy vibe. The sounds add to it. Very done. Very 3D. Very um, immersive. And uh, it's got a cool battle system. They've got that lantern there that you use, and um, pretty much use it as a detector to where, when you're getting close to a, a spirit or a ghost, it'll turn red. And if you get close to an item, it'll turn purple. And you can actually fight the ghost with the lantern and it's just really cool. It's really unique. And uh, now this game's also got puzzle uh, aspects as well. And at $8.39, uh, even $11.99, definitely worth the cost of admission in my opinion. Um, but uh, that's that's the good I found. But Justin, I, I'll turn over to you um, and you can tell, me, tell us about what you uh, dealt with with the movement as well on the other side of the, the coin. Okay. Uh, so... There's a menu, and at the bottom it said something like, there was a little circle, and then, do you remember what it said to the right of it? It said something like path movement or something, and the yeah. yeah. And then flat movement or something. You have to click on the uh, circle for it to then show flat movement, so I didn't realize, it seemed like, I, I assumed that if I clicked that, it would make it path movement, and whatever that meant, I, that sounded like something I didn't want, so I didn't click it. Then I went into the game and it was only letting me do teleport. So it would do this arc and then you would slowly move to where you teleported to instead of like a blink teleport. It was so slow, I could barely stand it. Um, but then I asked the devs, why isn't, you know, could you add free locomotion? And then they said, there is, it's the flat, the flat movement. And I was like, what? So then I went to that menu and I clicked on that, that, that circle and then it changed it. Then it said flat movement. And I was like, all right, so I try that. Then it's you're moving just as slowly, but you you hold forward 
in the case of, you know, I used a Vive. And uh, yeah, you, like, like Root said, you move where your head is looking. And um, I mean, I could tolerate that for a little while, but it gets, it's just so slow. Um, if they increase that speed, I would definitely play all the way through this game because it's really eerie and it has great audio. It's like the whole time you're just hearing sounds everywhere that are, that are spooky. And also the whole time you're walking, you're hearing the floor creak everywhere you go. And that's pretty spooky. Um, and the graphics are pretty good, but there are issues, some issues like there, there's some jank in this game. Like, like if you'll say there's a, uh, a dresser right there, if you put your hand down to like touch it, sometimes like your hand will get stopped before it's even like close to the dresser, like the collision isn't set up properly, stuff like that. But uh, it's a puzzle game. So you just, you're going around, it's sort of like a Resident Evil game, going around looking for items that you then stick into a door to open up that door, sort of like that. And um, in the video, I saw some combat where the person was like doing their controllers like this. I never did that. What it said to me was all I had to do was wait until the ghost was close, close to me, like to where they were attacking and then press up. And all I do is press up and then the, the ghost died. Is that what you did, Roots? Ah, uh, I actually, I just, I think I just smacked it. I don't remember, to be honest. Yeah, but uh, I think I freaked out and was like trying to get it away from me really quickly. So, uh, yeah. Not, naughty ghost. Naughty, <laughs> naughty. naughty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I think I would only go back into this if they made this the locomotion faster. I don't know. Are you going to go back yeah. into it? I'm definitely going to go back into it. I I I know um Wes was uh, talking about um earlier. He said something about how the it creates the atmosphere, the speed. Um, mm -hmm. I think that was you, Wes, right? What do you think about this game? Yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I would have played this game this week uh, had I known what it was. I saw you guys talking about it on the Discord, and I really didn't give it much thought. But when I came in here uh, yesterday and looked at the trailer it dawned on me what it was i'd seen this game before from the psvr release and yeah it, it looks cool uh like you said this is uh, an atmospheric uh horror game with very good audio visual uh detail and you know horror game that's that's my sort of thing but from the sounds of it the things that plague this game are the same things that are common of a lot of these chinese ports uh, this sort of jank that you're talking about with the uh, the, the detection, uh, mm -hmm. uh, there's something similar to that in Immortal Legacy. Uh, when you, you go to pick something up, your hand stops short of it, but you can still pick it up. It's just kind of weird. It doesn't feel right. Uh, also, with the uh, control schemes, I don't know what it is with the Chinese developers in these control schemes, but we've got this game, Immortal Legacy, Paper Dolls, it's always a common thing that the, the controls have to be some kind of uh, a weird, uh, different style, which it, it's okay to a point with PC, but if you're trying to do this with move controllers, uh, it's a different thing entirely because we've all gotten used to the standard move controller locomotion setup. But no, I think it looks really good. Uh, I, I'm definitely going to get into it and try it now that I know it's on PC. Um, the uh, I forgot. What was, oh yeah, what, what you were asking about the uh, locomotion. I feel like it's done intentionally to 
to build the tension as you move through the game. If you were going through this game and this were really happening to you in real life, uh, I don't feel like you'd be running through it. You'd probably be tiptoeing like the character is. But I do agree that there should be an option for it. Uh, I never like it when developers force any kind of locomotion option or uh, comfort option on the player. I think that it all should be left up to the player how they want to play the game. Uh, but definitely looks cool, and yeah, I'll probably get in and check it out sometime in the next week. couple more things. Locomotion is on your right controller, speaking of weird weird setups. Um, when you look down, you're, you're playing as a woman, so when you look down, you see her boobs. That, that might be a plus, might be a plus for you. And <laughs> it's on sale for eight bucks, so I think that's a pretty good price. Yeah, eight thirty nine is definitely definitely a good uh, a good deal for sure. All right, let's there anything else? Um, we'll move on to the next game um, or next news game, I guess whatever you want to call it. Uh, this next one is with loneliness. Came out uh, April 29th by Giant Jump Studio and is currently six ninety nine on Steam. Uh, it's got brought to our attention I think last week from uh, Zim had talked about it on F Reality and uh, Main Fan picked it up. And uh, this game is a is a climbing game, but it's on crack, and uh, it is the hardest game I've played in a while. And uh, there's so much going on in this game, um, even to the point where the first real obstacles you're you're going up this thing. You got different uh, areas you can go up, and you've mm. got these blocks dropping from the ceiling, and you're going moving back and forth. I, this right here, I, I must have fallen. I must have done like I don't know, 40, 50 times. Justin, I I, I know you, I know you did this one, and I, I I was so frustrated that I I got to the top, I hit the button, it moved something else. I looked up, realized I I wasn't even close to the top. I thought that was the top, so I was demoralized, and then. I went to grab something and fell off and died, and I hadn't reached the the checkpoint. And uh, and yeah, that was that was the when I turned it off because um, I, I couldn't do it anymore. It was so frustrating. But that being said, it, it a week later, or not even a week, um, four days later, I, I want to play it again. Uh, it's just it's it's definitely um, challenging. And uh, yeah. So um, anyway, what what are your thoughts, Justin? What do you think of this? This is uh, like climby, but much harder. It's really brutal. Um, I looked at if you if you press the left menu button, you can see your number of deaths. And uh, I have uh, I've played it for an hour, and I have fifty five deaths. So it's roughly you die every minute, is how hard it is. Um, so like yeah, the, there's a tower. The tower that that Roots was talking about climbing up. That's one of the hardest parts, and it's early in the game. You're climbing up this tower and. And this shit just keeps falling on you, and you have to switch over to the left side, and you have to look up while you're climbing, and like, oh shit, it's coming, and yeah, I gotta go over to this side, and then you just just keep, and like, you can get to the very top and think you're almost done, but you, then you'll die, and you gotta start all over again. I don't know, I probably had to do that 20-something times at least. Um, and then like, this part here, this part here, if you're, if you're looking at the video, it's really tough. So this pole has a propeller on it, and then there's a pole over to the right that has a propeller on it. And like you grab the one on the left, and it, it starts going up in the air. And then you have to you can't grab both of them. Then you have to switch to the right one. Then that one starts going up in the air. And like they they end up getting out of sync. And uh, I don't know. You end up I died there a bunch of times. 
Uh, those yellow handholds, they break. Just like in two of the top, yellow handholds, like you can't stay on them very long. But this is a lot, I think, a lot harder than two of the top. Two of the top's hard, too. But, uh, and this isn't a game, you know, you're, you're just climbing. There's no, like, flying around in the air like two of the top. Um, it's only five bucks, so I recommend it if you like climbing stuff. If you want a brutal challenge, um, there are checkpoints, at least, to save you. I don't know what else to say about it. I'm stuck at one place right now where I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And uh, I don't know how I'm going to find out because I don't think there are enough people playing this for me to find out on the internet. <laughs> the devs, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's... I, I, it is, I like games like this to me because it's what I, I like to call controlling the uncontrollable. Or at least this is more skill-based on your own but it's just so, it's so it gets so ridiculously hard that um, when you do get it done, it just feels good, and uh, um, I like that. So, what about uh, Alex West? Either of you uh, thinking about trying this, or does it look like something you would check out? No, no, I don't think so. I think I just get too frustrated with it. I, I, I bet. It, does it like hurt your arms after a while? Because like when you're doing um, the climb, sometimes my neck, your shoulders start going, don't they? When you my neck after. After that one part that we were talking about, because I did it so many times, because you're literally craning up and you're you're gauging. You got your hand on one, and and you're go. Oh, it's coming. Get over here. Then that one's coming. You're going back, and you think you grabbed the fucking handle, but you didn't grab it, and then you fall. And it 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 is it is definitely not for the faint of heart. It's very can be very frustrating. But if you like a challenge, and like main fan said, uh, you like climbing, and I mean for five bucks. I don't. I really don't think. I think this is priced perfect, and I, I'm surprised the more people don't uh, check it out. So yeah, one thing that's frustrating about it is a lot of times you'll think you were on the hold, but you weren't actually, and you'll die. Um, when you get close enough to a hold to grab it, the controller vibrates. So you kind of you had really kind of have to deliberately be like, all right, did it vibrate? Click. All right, did it vibrate? Click. You know, and sometimes you'll you'll be rushing because a lot of these things are timed. I mean, you got to get through something really fast or you'll die. So you'll die a lot thinking you grabbed something when you didn't really. Mm -hmm. Or you grab that little thing where it's attached and there's a little arc yeah. of electricity. Yeah. Uh, it took me like five times a dying to that to realize that, oh, shit, that's, <laughs> I can't grab that thing. Because um, you don't even, re you're grabbing stuff. You just, it looks like just another piece of the thing. At least it did to me anyway. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, it was definitely pretty cool. So unless anybody else has anything else, we'll um, go on to the next news topic, which is uh, Sony uh, announcing two new PSVR bundles. Um, one of them, they're coinciding with the release of Blood and Truth and Trover Saves the Universe. We've got the uh, Blood and Truth and Everybody's Golf VR bundle for uh, 350 That comes full package with the Move controllers. And then the second one is... Uh, Trover saves the universe and Five Nights at Freddy's for for three hundred, um, just the headset, camera, and the games. Uh, now I, I think it's pretty smart. I think it's good good sign that they're releasing bundles and um, and drawing people in with uh, two pretty big games. Uh, obviously, Trover, in my opinion, is the bigger of the two, not to us in the VR community, but to people outside of the VR community that might see it and say, Oh my God, the makers of Rick and Morty, I got to check this shit out. Um, I, th I think it's pretty smart, 
But um, I um, now, Alex, I know you've toyed with the idea of the, the PSVR in the past, and you've decided to get it with the PlayStation Five. Uh, my question is, if you had the P- PlayStation Five right now, which bundle would you go for, and why? And I'm pretty sure I know your answer, but uh, <laughs> um, I'll I'll let you tell them. Yeah, I go with the blood and truth with the move controllers because I mean I I know the move controllers aren't great but there are some games <clears throat> that I'd want to actually play with the move controllers so and I, I, I'm, I'm, I think like 100, 100 bucks 100 dollars uh, separate separate so mm-hmm. seems like a better deal to me to get the one with the move controllers and then obviously I, I don't know are you guys are any of you guys interested in everyday everybody's golf I've not really heard you talk about it to be honest not me yeah I wasn't really interested in it. Um, I'm not really a big golf fan, but uh, hearing the uh, initial reviews from people who've played the demo, the people were having a good time with it, and they're saying that it has a lot of potential. And and just the fact that that game is being developed by uh, Sony's Japan Studio, which is the same team that brought us Astro Bot Rescue Mission, uh, makes me want to maybe give it a shot. So even though I'm not a golf fan, uh, I may end up trying that one out. Cool. Yeah, I think it looks pretty good. What about you, Justin? Uh, would do any of those look good to you? I mean, obviously you got the bundle already, but yeah, if I were to buy one of these bundles, it would be the Blood and Truth bundle because that's the game out of all of them that I would care about the most. And you obviously you have to have the move controllers. Right. And yeah. I found. I'll go ahead. But, yeah, I was just going to say, I can't stress this enough. If you don't have a PlayStation VR and you are considering buying one of these two bundles, go for the one with the Move controllers. Because even though the Move controllers aren't the most popular controller in the world, what they give you in VR is uh, hand presence. And you have to have hand presence in VR when it's available. So if you buy the other bundle you're going to buy these move controllers. I promise you, you're going to come back and buy them anyway. Mm-hmm. And if you if you get them when they're bundled in, you're paying $50 for them as opposed to paying $100 for them by themselves. So if you're going to pick one of these two bundles, I highly, highly recommend that you get the one that includes the move controllers. Yeah, because I found out that, that the hard way. When we got Ghost Giant, I was like all excited to play it. And one of my move controllers was was broken and I had to go buy a, a separate one from GameStop because um, I couldn't try it without it. Like you literally are cutting out probably 30% of the games out there for PlayStation VR because you don't have the, the move controller. So I would agree. And then that $50 you save from not buying it, you can buy Trover and you get all of it for the same price. So why not? Right. 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 So, so that's pretty much it on that. Unless anybody else, uh, has anything else on those bundles we'll move on to the next topic which is uh, playstation vr related it's uh, mage's tale now releasing a pro ps pro enhancement um it is it's a pretty much a, a dungeon crawler i don't know i've never tried this I, it reminds me a lot of carnage chronicles and i'll, I'll take your guys's um uh insight on that in a second but um it's going to include this enhancement includes uh, higher resolution texture, super sampling enabled, and uh, higher quality particle um, systems. Now, this game's running for $30 on Steam. I don't know if it's the same on PlayStation VR, but it's a little pricey to me as well. Um, 
West main fan. I know you both have uh, PlayStation VR. Do you um, is this game you've tried in on the PlayStation, and is it something that you uh, would look forward to trying again just to check out these enhancements? I beat it on Rift. I would never get it for PSVR just because of I already got it for Rift, and uh, I like the game a lot. This is one of my favorite VR games. Um, I wanted to say this video right here is not the PS4 Pro video. This is like the original launch trailer, so I don't have footage of, of what it looks like, you know, with the Pro. I've heard people who've tried it, and they said it's a big difference over the launch, over the OG uh, <clears throat> PS4. You know, a lot much sharper, much crisper image, and then you've got more particle effects, and it just shows the difference between the the standard PlayStation and the Pro. They can clearly get a lot more out of out of the Pro. What's the difference? Is it just overclocked, or I don't really know the the full details. I think more super sampling, better textures. I mean, within between the actual hardware side of things. Yeah, it's it's got a better graphics processor in it. Uh, right. Actually, it's 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 a much better machine. Uh, the, the differences in the games vary from game to game. It's very much up to the developer. Uh, but anybody who's coming in cold, uh, it's worth the extra $50 to get the PlayStation 4 Pro. What What's confusing me uh, about this latest bit of news, and by the way, yes, I am a little bit interested in this game. I've always thought it looked kind of cool, but I've never got around to uh, trying it out. But what's confusing me about this news is that it says that they've added in uh, the super sampling mode. And to my knowledge, when they added super sampling mode into the, the PS4 Pro uh, firmware, they said that that was a feature that was exclusively for flat gaming. So now I'm hearing them say that they've added in super sampling for this. Is this something that's going to start coming to VR games now? Mm. It's up, you actually have to go into the, the settings to enable super sampling. And I've always just left it off because they said it can tax your your uh, your system more and it can cause some uh, uh, glitching and things in the game. So I always have just left it off. But if this is something that they're bringing into VR games now, I'd like to know it so I can start playing with it a little bit. I turned I was... super sampling on just, I don't, just in case. And I, then I wanted to see, all right, will I see glitches? And I don't think I have, uh, but I don't so know if it's, have, I don't have, know if it's it, done anything. So do you actually have to turn it on? I always thought it was just down to the developers whether it had super sampling increased or not. Uh, see, there's, there's a setting in, in the PS4 settings, but then I don't know if like you have to have that on for the developer's version to Ooh. actually work. I don't know. Oh, strange. We, we need some clarity on this, Sony. Um, but... Uh, I forgot what I was going to say about it now, but um, no, it looks cool. I definitely want to check it out at some point. Probably going to be on Steam when I do, though. It's probably not going to be on PlayStation. Yeah, I, I've not I've not played this neither, so this is definitely on on, a, on my list to play. Um, I, I know it's quite a long game, Justin. Is it like eight hours or twelve hours or something like that? Yeah, it could have been eight. It could have been more. I don't remember. I played it on the Oculus Store. It's quite and, a long uh, game. It's not a short. It's like a because I think it was um, originally an exclusive for the yeah. Rift. Yeah, it was. Uh, so it's funded by Oculus. So it's, it's it's got a decent budget, and uh, I think it's like puzzle. You've got puzzles, and then you've got like dungeon crawling elements. And mm -hmm. is it is the combat mainly like a spell casting type? Yeah, combat? and you you actually throw like 
fireballs and stuff with your hand and uh, stuff like that. You have different, yeah, hmm. different spells, and that's how you attack everything. Like there's you know, shield. Um, it's really cool. It's one of those games that I went through every day. I liked it enough yeah. for that. Um, so one we need to check out. Obviously, and now you've got me wanting to play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and I would definitely... Well, you guys all have Rifts. This, I tried it on Vive and Rift, and it worked better on Rift. The controls seem like they were more more made for Rift. So I would yeah. recommend it for that. My so question. would you try it through uh, Revive? Uh, it came... First, okay, I, I bought this originally... Originally, I bought it on the Steam store, actually. Because it, it came out on Rift, and then they released it on Steam for Vive and Rift. And uh, I played it with Vive, and like the controls seemed messed up. So then I then it went on sale for on Oculus Store and then I that's I re refunded the Mage's Tale on Steam and then I bought it for Oculus Store and then I played all the way through it and I was like oh these controls work way better now. So I I wonder if uh, Revive well I don't even wonder I'm pretty sure it will be but if um that game and those type of games will run better on Index than than uh, Vive just because of the analog sticks and just being closer in in relation so, yeah I did, I did i did look at some like low and echo footage and apparently the index controllers are a much closer match to the touch controllers in terms of emulation so that should help but this game you would never you wouldn't need to use revive no because on steam yeah. yeah exactly yeah i guess that makes sense all right so if there's not anything else on that we will move on to the uh the next topic uh, which is dots. And if you don't know what dots are, don't worry. We didn't know what the hell dots was before we saw it either. Um, it's data-oriented tech stack um, from Unity. Based, essentially, it's a new um, new high-performance multi-thread uh, way of doing it, the data. Um, it makes it possible for games to fully utilize the latest multi-core processors without heavy programming um, headaches. Makes It's going to make it easier for them to take a game like Stormland and eventually move it over to Quest in its full fidelity. And right now it's in its infancy stage, so it's not... Um, it's going to be a while before it's implemented, but they say maybe within the next year to two years, they're going to see... You're going to see a big... Uh, big movement on this so uh wes i know you were you were talking about this earlier what are your thoughts on on dots i think this is very exciting uh i just read this article this morning and uh i never expected to hear anything like this apparently unity has finished this new technology that's going to allow uh graphical data to be broken down to such a simple format that mobile processors are going to be able to process much more complex games. And basically, the implication is, is that before the end of the life cycle of Oculus Quest, standalone VR uh, systems are going to be able to support games that look like our Gen 1 VR games look. So stuff that we're playing right now on our Rifts and Vibes very well could be uh, coming to standalone uh, uh, headsets in the within the next year or two. And from what I can tell, uh, the article I read said that this is a done deal. Unity is finished with this technology. They unveiled it 
uh, to developers at the GDC this past uh, month, and now developers are starting to uh, play with it a little bit and learn how to use it. And after they uh, master uh, the new techniques, obviously it's going to take uh, a good year or so for them to develop it into a game. But I think it's very encouraging. Uh, it, it reaffirms my decision to buy an Oculus Quest, knowing that there's better stuff coming for it. And the only thing that it makes me question is my decision to go down to the 64 gigabyte version as opposed to going with the 128. So we'll, we'll see if that comes back to bite me in the butt or not. But regardless, I'm excited for what this may mean for VR gaming in the very near future. Well, yeah, I am as well. Justin, what do you think? Uh, did, are you um, are you thinking, I know you were a little bit less um, optimistic about this technology, or at least a little bit more pessimistic, which, mm -hmm. um, like I was saying in the, the Discord, you're our, you're our grounder. You keep keep our heads on the ground and out of the clouds and in reality. So I tend to not believe anything I hear until I see it myself. So I don't know. It sounds like marketing speak to me, sort of. Um, I don't know. I, I have a hard time believing that mobile is going to be, you know, any, anywhere near the graphics of PC. Um, I don't know. I think it'll take a while for mobile to, to reach even the current levels of PC graphics, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I just want to say, <clears throat> I, uh, didn't read anything about this before, so I'm listening to this fresh. I have no idea what this even is. You guys have talked about it. Mm -hmm. What? I don't. I still don't understand what. What is it? I mean, what? How does it work? What does it? I don't really know. All they really what, say in the article is data-oriented tech stack, and I'm like, what the uh, hell does that mean? Let me see uh, if I can bring it up real quick. There's a there's a specific term for it. That what they're doing here. Is it, I mean, they, in, they, layman, in layman's terms, what does it actually mm -hmm. do? Because I, I have no idea after. You guys talking about it? What what the hell are you talking about? To be honest with you, it fundamentally changes how graphics are processed for, on the the graphical processor level. It it's a fundamental change in the software, and what it does is, from my understanding, of course I'm not an expert on this stuff. From my understanding, it simplifies the type of data that it is. And I'm trying to look up here to see what the type, data type is called. There's a specific name for it. And what it does is it allows uh, a lot more compression, I think, in the uh, graphical data. Let me see. <laughs> well, you would yeah. you would think you would think the implications would it would it would transfer to PC as well. Like if if you could take the same game and compress the the data and make it easier to read and easier so to is it for process. streaming? Is it for streaming? No, it's just for um, it, it's to make yeah to make the games smaller or tighter uh less complex sorry i would imagine even on a pc it would run better or you would need less um processing power to run it so you could you could push the limits on the graphics even on the pc further like revolution should revolutionize if if everything so, they're saying so it, redu it reduces the strain of on the hardware is that what it does yes by compressing the yeah. the by compressing what the visuals or the yeah, the, yeah, yeah. This, well, I mean, there's, there's specifically there, there are larger implications than just in uh, gaming uh, for this technology, uh, but the 
the scope of the article that I read. M Megacity is the name of the program. It's a it's a it's a program that runs in Unity. It's from Unity, and uh, and that's the uh, the basic gist of it, as far as I can tell. I thought it was okay. Mega City. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Uh, yeah, I did see something at Mega City, and I, I presume that's it was. I don't know. It Clearly says do what, more research, but my big issue with it is it says it'll m gradually make desktop VR obsolete between 2019 and 2022. No, I do well, not. Well, that well, reading well, that well, alone that, made me say, nope, fuck this article. That was that was just statement, yeah, because you were like, there's no way. Well, why? Why? Oh, you got to use the same technology on PC and and make PC games look better. I mean, exactly. there's no need. You don't need to obsolete one particular technology just because something's going to improve another. So. I think I think they're making it saying that the graphics will be so good on the um, on the the ones that aren't tethered and that are their own systems, you won't want to use a PC. Now you could use a PC, um, but I mean, I, I, that's what it seems like to me. Well, then you're yeah. going to have even better graphics, so then there's more reason to go on PC or on all the consoles, if consoles can use it as well. So That particular statement about making PC obsolete was a bit of editorializing by the author of the article, mm -hmm. and he wasn't just talking about this specific piece of technology by itself. He was coupling it with the, uh, the upcoming onset of 5G game streaming, Coupled oh, with gosh. this, mm. uh, and he was taking taking kind of a big picture view. So this particular uh, uh, new piece of uh, of software innovation is not going to have any kind of threat on PC gaming whatsoever. He's just looking at at it from more of a a, a big picture point of view, mobile versus PC in the. I think particularly that that specifically his view is a little more uh, optimistic than mine. I could see his scenario being true maybe in 10 or 15 years, but he's saying that PC VR will be obsolete by 2022. Three and years. Obviously, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. It says okay. with, with the data-oriented game engine technology like ECS, the entity component system, there will be hardly any reason in the future to own any PC-based tethered VR systems like the Rift Vive or WMR. I don't believe it. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I believe it when I see it. I don't, I don't read into a lot of this stuff. We've, we've, so how much of this stuff we're going to hear about 5G is going to revolutionize this? And it's like, uh, when it happens, then yeah. But until, until it happens, then, you know, carry on as you are. How does this data-oriented game engine technology work? A burst compiler takes game engine code and turns it into a highly optimized assembly code. Add to that an entity component system with advanced LOD level of detail features. Thanks in part to static and dynamic batching, we can have millions of polygon meshes running on devices like the Quest. Okay. Whatever. Apparently, apparently that whatever this is is working now. They're just trying to get it in the hands of devs. It's cool. It's exciting. At any what, rate, what about what about CPU load? Like that's that's going to deal with the graphical side of things. But what about physics and all the other things that are on CPU bound? So well, m most VR games as they stand right now are are bottlenecked on the graphical side. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, it's not. There there are there are a few exceptions, but uh, most games don't tax uh, tax the CPU all that hard anyway. Okay. 
Cool. All right. So we'll move on to our last news item, uh, which is uh, location-based VR attraction Holligate celebrating a 2 million player milestone. Uh, it's a Munich-based startup, uh, and they've been in, first launched in 2017, so 2 million people in two years is pretty damn good. Uh, they boast that they have 250 installations spanning Europe, Middle East, uh, Asia Pacific region, North and South America, and a pretty much a total of 21 countries uh, to be exact. So, And uh, they've seen a steady increase, roughly 200,000 players each month leading up to this 2 million player mark. Uh, reason why I think this is news, I, I just, I, it's, everything we're seeing around us is, is showing us that those articles months ago about VR being dead are just bullshit. Like it, it's growing. And, and I guess, you know, as people from the United States, Alex um, excluded, we kind of seem to think that everything that's happening in this country is like what is happening worldwide. And that's not the case. Clearly it's happening around the world. And, and I would submit China's way bigger adopter in VR than we are, we are by far. So um, I just think it's exciting to see this. Um, but uh, Alex, what are you, what are your thoughts on this? Um, have you ever been to a, a location-based VR attraction? No, we don't really have much over here. The only one we have uh, I know of is, uh, what's it called? I think you're going to talk about it today, actually. The Void? Or, uh, late zero, no, no, zero, zero, zero latency. latency. Yeah, we've got zero latency, which is about two hours drive from me. And then I think they've had The Void in, um, in London a couple of times. They had that Mario thing in London as well, which which I know you did as well, uh, Justin. But yeah, we don't have a lot over in the UK, so I've never even heard of this this company. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it's just in Germany or where I don't know where they're based, but I've not seen anything in the UK about it. So the article said that this this has like I think this has way more locations than either the Void or or uh, zero latency, but it looks like it's a much smaller footprint. Like these people are all standing in the same spot with these tethered, you know, HMDs. So it's, it's looks to me like a less, like less of an experience to me. And it seems like since we've never heard of this before, this is probably a paid advertisement on upload VR. Yeah. It's something that we've, if you think huh? it's, it's got 2 million people that we would have heard about it before. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I've, I've never been to any uh, location-based VR myself either. Um, I, I don't know. I know you have, Justin. What um, Would this be something – I guess you, you're already saying, you know, it seems a little – at least from what, reading into what you're saying, yeah. a little basic compared to what you've done. It seems like a not as elaborate, correct? Yeah, you're, it's like you're stuck in one spot. You're tethered to this pulley system up top. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be too interested in that. Yeah, wave shooter springs to yeah, mind. Yeah, it's, it's a wave yeah. shooter. Yeah, okay. well. you don't go to these sort of things for a wave shooter. You want to get, you want to have. If I wanted to go to one of these things, it's so I can actually travel through an environment, like walk physically through an environment, rather than because that's something that you can't do at home. You want to do something that you can't do at home with you. Well, VR. you you want to do something you can't do at home, but if somebody that's never been in VR, it might be a little bit. Um, more up their alley or at least something they would enjoy but yeah i agree i, I this would not be something aside from the gun that you get to hold mm -hmm. um and use it, it there's not really anything um outside of what you could do at home that uh would make it any more special but uh um i know like i should go to I, we've got a vr 
thing at our mall, like a small one. I'm just curious. I should just check it out and see what it's like. I guarantee it's ghetto, but uh, yeah, I just, think you'll You'll end up being disappointed. It probably uses everything you've already I'm already, seen. Yeah. I'm already disappointed, and I haven't even tried it. So, <laughs> um. I've seen videos but, of a Terminator one that uh, Voodoo, Voodoo DE even put up a video recently of him doing the Terminator one, and it looked like yeah, everyone was standing in the same squared off area, kind of just like shooting stuff around them. So it looked like the same kind of thing as this. Yeah. Yeah, I would kind of. Oh, go ahead, Wes. No, I was going to say that I don't think something like this would be uh, all that interesting for, for guys like us, but it's probably more meant for the uninitiated player anyway. Mm -hmm. This would probably blow someone away who's never had VR on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially they might run out and buy a Vive right after that. Okay. Uh, I guess that's pretty much it for new segments. Um, so we'll go ahead and move on to the game review segment. Uh, we're going to let Justin give his first game here. So what 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 uh, game did you pick, Justin? Okay, so I'm going to talk first about The Void. Uh, so I went, I don't know, a couple years ago, I went to The Void in Utah. It's uh, near Salt Lake City. We happened to go on a vacation to Utah, and I was like, oh, this is my chance to try The Void. So these are some pictures I took. Like there's, it warns loud noises, strobe effects, temperature changes, pressurized air effects, perceived heights. Um, there's a lot of warnings. There's like, there's they sell, even sell merchandise and stuff. So um, there's a picture, I think the next picture will be the outside of the place, and you'll, you'll see, you can see mountains in the distance. You, like in, in Utah, there's like some mountains everywhere, it's crazy. But anyway, that's the entrance, it's pretty cool looking. And when, you know, this is the front desk. That guy right there, I interrogated that guy trying to get all the technical <laughs> details of everything, and he wouldn't, he would not give me anything. He was just like, nope, can't tell you anything. And see, they used to use Star VRs, that's what that one in the middle is. And uh, so you, you wear a, a backpack PC and, you know, your headset's connected to that. So there's, you know, you're totally free to walk around anywhere. So the one they had here was Ghostbusters. It's called Ghostbusters Dimension. You are, you're a Ghostbuster. It's up to four people can go into this. You go to this little briefing room where you just look at a TV and they kind of tell you what you're doing. Then they get, you get all of you suited up into your equipment and um, it, the void what's your you, it's an oculus rift is what it really is and it's in this helmet thing with this big ass visor in the front that can flip up and down and the tracking is done by optitrack which uses infrared leds and um then you have a gun in your hand which is the the proton blaster and you know it works really well that you have the the pc on your back because it feels like you're wearing a proton pack basically and so you're going around this environment shooting at ghosts and stuff and the ghosts will fly at you and when they fly through your body you, you have a haptic vest so it vibrates and the ghosts will pick up objects that are around and throw them at you and then that'll make your vest vibrate too and like it'll vibrate where the object hits you and uh yeah it shows stay puff marshmallow man there one of the coolest things about the void is that you know everything is mapped to real world things so like there's an opening room where like say for example there was a sink I went over to the sink and I started touching the sink and I could feel a real sink. They had a real sink there mapped to the virtual sink and I was walking around to doors. I was pulling on doorknobs and stuff and that was a real doorknob, real doors. I mean, everything was matched up really well. Um, so then, then you actually walk through different rooms. Like after a certain amount of time, a voice will be like, let's go to the next area type of, you know, it, it matched with the story somehow. I can't remember exactly what she said. 
But like the next room was, we went actually went outside in the virtual environment and it got cold. So the temperature changed and then wind was blowing on us and we were walking on a scaffolding and the scaffolding was shaking under our feet, um, which was really cool. So people, if you have, a f and you're up high, so you look down and like you're seeing like the street beneath you. So if you're scared of heights, you would probably freak out. My initial, what I immediately wanted to do was step off of the scaffolding and see what happened. So I was out floating in the air um, just to check it out. Um, but over there we fought, you know, like some gargoyles and stuff. And um, then it brought us back into another room. So like there were basically three different areas and uh, we had the final battle. That It even used smells. There was a very distinctive smell at one point. I won't say what it was, but uh, it was really cool. So there's heat, smells, wind, um, haptic vest, everything mapped to real world objects, or most things mapped to real world objects. So that's what's so cool about the void. Um, the void has like, let me see, right now it has 11 locations in California, Utah, Florida, Texas, the UAE, like Dubai, Canada, and Malaysia, and there are eight coming soon to Georgia, Texas, Canada, Minnesota, New York, Pennsylvania, and DC. So like 30 minutes from me, they're opening a void. Um, in Tyson's Corner Mall. So I'm gonna go to that for sure. They have like four different experiences. They have Star Wars, Shot, uh, Secrets of the Empire, Ghostbusters, Dimension, Ralph Breaks VR, and they have something called Nicodemus, which is like some sort of horror thing that I never got to try that before, but I want to. I haven't done Ralph Breaks VR either. Um, so yeah, up to four people at once. And I don't know, I guess that's, about all I'll say about Ghostbusters. Um, so then I went to Las Vegas and um, they have a void there too. This void is underneath the Venetian Hotel. There's this uh, Grand Canal Shops underneath the Venetian. And this is where I tried Secrets of, of the Empire. And um, so there's like the front desk and everything. I took all these pictures of where all these uh, suits are actually hanging. And I got scolded by one of the employees. Uh, You'll see that I get deeper in there, start taking pictures, and uh, there's this blonde woman that started yelling at me. But uh, whatever I have to do to get the uh, information, basically. <laughs> so you get in there, you get suited up. Well, the first thing I noticed when I put the HMD on, I was like, whoa, this is, this is blurry. So and then I realized, okay, this IPD is set out for like wide ass eyes. So I moved it back because, you know, I, I need my IPD low. And uh, then the, the guy that worked there, he was like, don't touch that that's set to where it needs to be. And I was like, no, I'm going to do what I want. I know what I'm doing, man. And he was like, no, it's supposed to be a certain way. And I was like, uh, no, cause here it's clear and here it's blurry. And, and then, uh, later on, I, I told the guy at the front desk, Hey, you have a guy working here. who doesn't know what he's doing. Um, but anyway, then once you get suited up, you, uh, you go to a briefing room where this guy, Captain Cassian Andor from Rogue One talks to you to tell you what your mission is. You're going to um, Mustafar, which is the same like lava planet where uh, where Anakin and, and uh, Obi Wan fight in um, you know Star Wars Three, Revenge of the Sith. Anyway, you're going there dressed as stormtroopers to infiltrate like a, a base to get some powerful weapon, and uh, K2SO, I think from the last Star Wars movie. Uh, talks to you about what you need to do and he, he kind of helps you you have hand tracking in this and Ghostbusters there's no hand tracking but like you can see your hands because there's elite motion mounted on the front but I was in there with my girlfriend just the two of us and I noticed that like some, 
her, like, I could see her as a stormtrooper, and sometimes her leap motion thought that my hand was her hand. So, like, she would have her hands down by the side in real life, but, like, if I move my hand, like, her, her virtual hand would be all, like, crazy all over the place. <laughs> so there are hand tracking issues right there. Um, so you get a gun at some point in this. You go up to a, a wall and you pick up a gun, and you're going to start fighting stormtroopers. Um, they start shooting at you from all over the, all over the place, and you're... And when the lasers hit you, it actually feels like, whoa, I really feel like I'm getting hit by a laser. Because, like, it's like a pinpoint pressure point where it's hitting you. And it's like, holy shit, this actually, like, is, uh, is a little concerning. Because it feels almost like you're getting poked by a needle or something. <laughs> and, um, let's see. And then there's a part where you control uh, sentry guns, like, to shoot, um, to shoot a bunch of stormtroopers that are coming at you. Meanwhile, the other person is working on some, it's sort of like a Simon puzzle where they have to like put in certain commands after they've heard them. It was kind of weird. My girlfriend was over there working on that while I was killing the stormtroopers with sentry guns. And um, there's less movement in the Secrets of the Empire than there was in Ghostbusters. I think like there's some corridors you walk through, but I think there's a little bit of backtracking because like it, then it told us to come back this way. But I think the game, like it might have, um, done some redirected walking tricks to make us think we were going to new areas when we really weren't but i could tell we were just doing the same corridor back and forth um and you do see darth vader in this oh yeah this was um this is sort of like a prequel to this vader immortal thing coming out that we're all gonna play uh so that's part of why i wanted to talk about it that it ties together with vader immortal so you see darth vader at the end of this and i won't say what happens but um you know, supposedly it ties with it. And how long are these? Uh, how long are these experiences? Yeah, uh, the rift. I mean, the uh, the void. It's like thirty five dollars for fifteen minutes. Oh God! Wow. Yeah. It feels longer than that. You know, because of all that's going on. You know, it's fun. But yeah, that's the price. Um, Would well, you think it's worth it? For me, it is. For me, it's definitely worth yeah. it. Is it 15 minutes from the time you step in there or 15 minutes from the time that you uh, get in the game? Because you got to get adjusted and all that crap, too. I'd say 15 minutes from the time you step in there. I would say 15 minutes at most. It might even be less. Okay. That's just my guess. It's no longer than that, that's for sure. So don't take your whole family. Don't, like, all your kids. Yeah, that would be just expensive, from... yeah. <laughs> well, so which, I, which from... one would you recommend, then, out of the two? Well, I like, I like the Ghostbusters more. <clears throat> Because, um, oh yeah, well the Star Wars one had stuff mapped to it too. Uh, like there was an R2-D2 model, I think at the very end, and I, I touched it, and then there was, a, there was a metal, and then I peeked, I peeked well, what am I touching? And there was this metal R2-D2 statue thing. Um, but I, I like the Ghostbusters more, because it had more uh, different effects. Well, the Star Wars one had heat, like, because I was on a lava planet, Mustafar. Well, you could definitely feel a lot of heat when, when I was anywhere near lava. But um, Ghostbusters just uh, seemed cooler to me. I don't know because they had felt the like you're on more of a journey, maybe. Sounds oh, yeah. more immersive. And going outside was the coolest part on the on the scaffolding that was shaking and and feeling the cold and the wind. Yeah, that was that was that was really cool. So yeah, I guess it was more immersive for me. Um, yeah, I like the sound of it. This is what I'm talking about with. If you're going to do something, you want to do something you can't do at home. So this is obviously a completely different experience. Like standing on scaffolding and feeling yeah. like you're outside with a breeze and it's moving around. And 
yeah. looking down and you're high up. That sounds really cool. Yeah. So. And so they, they got that Ralph Breaks the Inter Ralph It's called Ralph Breaks VR. That one's there now. I haven't tried that. Then I heard they're coming out with a Marvel one. Like they're going to keep doing all these Disney properties. Um, so. I think aren't they doing something that's going to be more integrated as a ride, like into the theme parks and stuff? Uh, the Void? Sure. Just like um, Disney, I think Disney are doing more virtual reality stuff, maybe yeah. I mean, bigger, more elaborate stuff that's going to be built into the parks. Because these are kind of yeah. like pop-up almost, pop-up uh, things where they can take them anywhere and set them up. And Whereas if they've got more space, like in, in the theme park, they could maybe do more with it. Which would be really cool. I forgot to go to the video. I've been showing those pictures I took of the void, and I forgot to go to the video. This this is the video here of uh, Secrets of the Empire. Uh, a lot of this is just showing these people suited up in their in their equipment. You can see it's a pretty bulky thing. Oh, it has these headphones built into the side. These big ass headphones. And uh, see, this well, is what it fits. It, it fits though. Obviously, having having the yeah. helmet like that fits with the theme of the game, doesn't it? So. Yeah, it fits. Um, my girlfriend, you know, her head's pretty small, so she complained that the thing was, like, too big on her, and she doesn't like VR that much anyway, but she said it smelled. She said it smells like BO in this thing, and I bet that's a big problem. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mine yeah. wasn't a big issue, but it's probably hard to keep these things clean, and they're probably full of sweat from all sorts of people. So, but... were, you, were you glad that you got the, the one that didn't have BO? Yeah, maybe I, I also had maybe it had bo too, but I I don't know. I'm not as sensitive to smells as she is. I don't know. I think this oh. this might be Vader. Uh, yeah, they showed Vader for a second and then they went away. What were you gonna say? No, I was gonna ask um, do, if any of you think any of these location based experiences will ever come to VR down the road. Like, granted, you can't walk on the scaffolding or whatever, but maybe when they're just not being sold anymore no one's going to them eventually they poured them over or do you think that's just not anything that people would want to do i don't know how interesting it would be if it's just a 10 minute experience and it's built around being in a location with everything yeah. around it i don't know if it'd be particularly that interesting yeah yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think so we'll just get the ones we're getting like beta immortal sorry wes no, no i was just going to say that said Something on that scale wouldn't port to the home experience very well, but in the, like China and Japan, uh, VR games are are fairly prominent in the in normal video game arcades, and some of those experiences are being ported mm. uh, into uh, the the home experience. One I can think of off of the top of my head is called uh, Horror Sense, and there's some other long string of uh, Chinese or Japanese that I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, you can get that on the Chinese uh, PlayStation Store. It's a horror game uh, that was developed, uh, I think, by, maybe by Bandai Namco for uh, arcades. And and there's more of them. It's not just horror sense. There's like a a bunch of them, and they're getting ported into the uh, Chinese PSVR store uh, all the time. But uh, horror sense in specific uh, looks super cool. It's it's very basic. Uh, you know, it's something that you uh, basically just it's controlled uh, by your head alone. Uh, I don't want to get into a big thing about that. But uh, while some, I just wanted to say that while some of these larger 
uh, things won't won't come into the home experience. There's a lot of arcade stuff that it, that is going to come. I've I've heard about one. Uh, it was down in London at one point where it's a horror game, but you're in a wheelchair, so you're actually sat in an actual real wheelchair and you have to wheel yourself around and apparently like you get up to two people in the same world and uh it sounds terrifying you're wheeling yourself around and then obviously stuff comes chasing after you and you've got to literally wheel yourself around the around the level that sounds really cool as well that's a good use of obviously locomotion as well because you're just sat somewhere but you're moving around in a more realistic way because you've got the wheels that you're kind of using to, to move you around and once you finish this, it you can opt for it to send you some statistics. So it just it sent me uh, my accuracy and the number of stormtroopers I killed. So I think it told me I had like fifty eight percent accuracy and sixty something stormtroopers killed. Wow, I didn't realize that's a lot. Yeah, a lot of enemies to throw at you. Then. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of enemies, especially in that sentry gun section. I was killing tons of stormtroopers with that thing. I, I presume the production value was really high with it being XLM Labs and. Mm -hmm. animations and sound effects and everything's all top-notch yeah it looks like what you're seeing in the video except you know pics more pixelated more you know vr like you know it's an oculus yeah. rift yeah yeah i wonder, wonder if they're gonna obviously now we've got all the new stuff coming out whether they're gonna upgrade the hardware and maybe use something else whether they'll change up yeah i would think so because these obviously rifts are old old hardware now so yeah ancient <laughs> yeah it seems like it anyway, right? All right, so I guess we'll move on from that unless uh, anybody else has anything to, to say on that or Justin, if you have anything else to add. No, that's it. All right, so we'll move on to Alex's first game. Alex, okay. uh, what, what game did you pick for the week? First game is one that I got recommended and actually you bought for me, Roots. Uh, thank you very much for that. Yeah, no problem. Transference, which is... I was talking obviously a few weeks ago about horror and obviously kind of trying to introduce myself to horror and I know I think Anthony from VR365 recommended this one and then it popped up on a sale and, and before I even got a chance to buy it, Roots gifted it to me so I jumped into it and yeah, this, this game's I love this. I know it's, it gets a bit of mixed reviews but I, I absolutely love this game. I've never played a game that's got so... I don't know if it's just because you're in such small, cramped environments, but I felt like I almost got an upgraded hardware because everything looks so crisp and clean. And and even just picking up some text, like a little letter or something, and it, they didn't blow up the text really big. And I could read it like it was, it just looked so crisp and clean. And the textures are really high quality. The lighting's incredible. The way that they've lit the, because the, your, your, the, the entire game takes take place in one one apartment which sounds a bit shit but it's really clever the way they change things up and you've got light switches that so you can sometimes press a light switch and it changes you to a different time point and a different perspective i think there's three people the dad the kid and the mom and you kind of uh or the mom so i say you you kind of um flick between the th the, the three so that sometimes you're you're the kid's birthday and there's balloons up and the the way it's all lit it's at night and everything looks nice and then sometimes it's in the daylight and then the apartment's completely empty like no one's living there and then you've got a time when you it's it's where the dad's pretty much taken over and there's equipment everywhere and it's not even don't even look like a home anymore so they really switch it up and I, I won't spoil things but the the there's sometimes the apartment changes like. You, you get used to how the apartment is and then 
they start to mix things up and, and weird shit starts happening in the apartment. That's sometimes you're on the ceiling and there's all sorts of weird stuff going on. So, yeah, it's really cool. Very, very high production value. This is a Ubisoft game made by Spectrevision, I think it is. Um, really, I don't know, what, I presume this is Ubisoft engine, but it's so, so crisp and clear. It's so good. I've never seen anything, probably maybe a Batman, which we talked about last week, but this is really crisp, clear. They just feel like, again, it's another one of those where it just feels like a AAA uh, future. Look at the future of what AAA games are going to look like when, when we get these big developers actually making games for them. The lighting, the animations as well. Like you've got these these human characters that kind of pop in, and they there's like a glitch monster thing that sometimes comes after you, and that didn't really it didn't really bother me because obviously it's not. I think my brain just wasn't tricked by it because it doesn't look like anything related to Earth. But sometimes a human character, you'd open a door and they'd be just stood there. And, I, you know, I'd, it'd make me jump because it looked so real. It looked so much like the actual what a person was stood in front of me. It kind of just, you know, made me, that flight or fight response kind of kicked in a little bit. And and there's, there's something else that happens, which I won't spoil, which made me jump a couple of times. Um... I, didn't, I won't say this is scary. Uh, I didn't really feel scared in this game. It's got a very uh, weird atmosphere and vibe to it. I mean, there's some weird shit that goes on, especially towards the end of the game. It gets weirder and weirder. Um, the story, I don't know. I kind of know what was happening, but <clears throat> I don't really know. It. I think sometimes, because you can pick these like tapes up and stuff and it gives you video logs, but I didn't watch any. So I presume maybe if you watch those, it might give you more yeah. of the story. So maybe I should have watched those. But yeah, I definitely was left not 100% understanding what the story was about. But just the whole, it took me about two and a half hours to finish it. And it, it, just the entire experience, just, I've never known anything. I'd say this is the most photorealistic game I've played in VR. Just... I think it's probably because it's just in this small apartment, everything, we know everything, they, they can, you know, there's lots of flat walls and things, so they can probably maybe, uh, it's not, you know, like a t outside where they've got to render trees and leaves and shit like that. But just, just something about the, the look of this game and the feel of this game, and the sound as well, just the, the way the sound, it's got positional audio, um, really impressed me a lot. Um, it's not without its faults. The game, when we got announced by this game, I was under the impression that this was made for like VR, um, but it feels like a game that was made for flat and then ported to VR, even though it was de developed at the same time, because there's certain things in it that just feel a bit janktacular. Like when I first went into it, everything was at a slight canter, a slight angle, which I played for about an hour like this, thinking that this was how the game was supposed to be. <laughs> so I thought that it was like part of the weird twisted way that they were trying to show the world and like you're going up a staircase and one you go up one side and it'd be just normal and then you go up another and it'd be at a slight angle so yeah that was something that justin told me afterwards no that's not right you know and he reset the game and when i went into it again um it was normal so yeah that if you do go into it i think because when you go that's another thing i didn't know how to launch in vr at first because you have to launch the game flat and then you have to go into the options to, to enable the VR mode, and then it launches into the headset. So that's a bit of a weird way to, to do it. And I think maybe because of that, it, it kind of causes problems with you if, if your headset's not maybe perfectly level. 
I don't know, but what I'd recommend is go in, launch it in VR, go out of the game, and then launch it back in again. But once you've got VR enabled, you don't have to do it every time. It just goes straight into VR. So that's one tip for you. Um, the controls felt, again, they didn't feel like they were made for VR. They felt like they were just added on. So I can't even remember how you control it, but it's very slow movement. I think it's head-orientated movement, if I can remember. But you, you don't really walk very quickly, so it's not really it didn't really bother me that much. Um, you do have you you do have hands, but there's weird stuff with the hands. Like when you pick something up, sometimes it doesn't feel like you're holding it. Like your hands all disappear, and you've got the item in front of you. And then when you try and like just turn it to examine it, it rotates like almost like it's here, and then it like goes in a weird sort of uh, like the axis points off center or something i don't know it's weird and sometimes when you bend over to pick things up your hands don't follow where your hands are going so they kind of i don't know they don't seem to track 100 percent with your hands and then sometimes if you bend over like there's a bit where you go i don't know if you guys did try to do this but there's like a you go outside and there's like a kid's little play shed thing which is really small and i actually crouch down to try and get inside it but then if you try and clip into an object it resets you, so then when you stand up, then you're ten, you know, like ten foot tall. So you, you've got one of the buttons you can reset. And it did that a few times when I was bending down to pick things up, or I'd accidentally clip into something. It'd reset me, and then I'd be at a different place, and I'd have to reset my view. So there's a bit of jank in there, but just the overall feel, the visuals, the sound, just the, just the way that they, you can tell that this has got a, a you know talented development team with the way that the story evolved, if with the way that the apartment evolved. Um, yeah, I'll let someone else talk about this. Wes, I know you're quite, in, quite into this one. Oh, yes, I love this game very much. Um, this game is a prime example of the potential of VR when you put talented artists with talented developers. This game is absolutely stunning uh, from an audio-visual standpoint. They do things that I, that I haven't seen before with lighting and color, and uh, it's very creative and it's very well done. Uh, now, when I first when it first came out, you know, I was looking forward to this when I knew it was coming for a while, but I was extremely disappointed when I saw the $30 price tag on it, and then after the reviews came out and said it was like two hours, two and a half hours, I was actually angry about it because I was so looking forward to it. But after I played it, I understood why. This game, like you said, is very well done. And it almost um, it, it almost makes your equipment seem better. I agree with the clarity of it. I can say that this is on the short list of games that I'm going to be going to immediately when I get my uh, Rift S in here in about 10 days' time. I'm going to replay through this one, and um, if you're still confused about the narrative, I'm going to, uh, obviously, if I'm going to play it, I'm going to record it, and in my usual style, I'll be explaining and breaking down the narrative in it uh, in detail. But uh, an absolutely beautiful game, uh, unparalleled in a lot of ways, uh, visually and uh, from an audio standpoint, and narrative. The narrative is, is dark. And uh, and very well done as well. It really, it's uh, it plays off of the uh, the difference in perspectives. Uh, it, it 
it's a basically it's a contrast of how each person's reality can be different based on their point of view. So you'll go through these different timelines viewing the same events as different people, but it'll seem so different. And it, even not even not just the events, but like you can uh, as you're going through you play through uh, when I say different perspectives, you actually play as different characters in this game. You'll play through as the father, then you'll play through as the mother, and then as the child. And just going through the, the house and looking at a photograph, you'll notice differences in the same photograph based on the, the perspective of the person that you're playing. And uh, I don't want to give too much away about it uh, on here, but uh, this is something that goes on sale a lot these days. And if you see this on a sale and you haven't played it, 100% I recommend it. You have to try this out. Yeah, I will say I probably didn't really go into much detail about the actual gameplay. Um, but the actual gameplay itself is your... Uh, it's kind of like a thriller with puzzles in there. So you've got to solve puzzles to get through to the next section, the next kind of memory almost. Um, so and, and it's, it's all... Uh, like physical puzzles so sometimes you might have to tune a radio and then you'll have to flick between different time periods to, to sync things up or you know there's this this is it I found the puzzles challenging at times trying to figure out what to do but not frustrating and I liked the way that they played with the environments and you had to do certain things with the environment sometimes you needed in it you need to get something from a different period period so you'd flick a switch go back get something get that thing come back into the, the the other period and then you need to kind of yeah you, it was interesting the way they did it and it, it's all it's very linear so it, it follows a path you can't really get lost i would i don't think um but yeah it's, it's a it's a bit of a head trip especially as you go more and more through and there's, there's all these screens that pop up as well sometimes like they'll show um like they've got really good voice acting and actual actors as well who who because there's like uh actual full motion video on on TVs and, and monitors and things. And again, I have no idea why, but it looks really crisp and clear and really good. Normally when you look at a, a, a screen, you know, you can see the resolution, but I have no idea what they did with this engine. I don't know if it is just because it's all small, cramped spaces, but it looks really good, really impressive. It's, yeah. it's got a very, uh, a very SpectreVision feel to it. I don't know if any of you guys have seen Mandy, but a lot of the stuff that they do with lighting and sound in this game, they actually do in Mandy, the the movie as well. I'm not seeing anything. That they, I didn't know that. I know that because it's a this this is the Elijah Wood uh, project, so this yeah, is he, yeah, originally it's... from like a, a Hollywood sort of studio, mm -hmm. and uh, you can tell that there that's where that background is because of the way that they tell. It's really really impressive, really impressive. I know, uh, Justin, you're probably not quite as as high on this game maybe i liked it but i didn't love it um and i had the same jank issues you had where the floor was tilted but then the second time i, I played it, it the floor got you know normal then i had the issues where i kept getting thrown up into the air like all the time <laughs> um so i guess that's not just the vibe issue that's a rift and vibe issue yeah. i i liked it I didn't understand the story very well. 
but I didn't get it. I wasn't going around trying to find all the stuff, you know, that explained the story. Um, yeah, I mean, I liked it. I liked the puzzles. I just wasn't crazy about it. That's all. It, I think without the story, and that maybe that's exactly why both, you know, it, without the story, it's it's definitely um, missing something. Like it, you, watching all those videos, you, I, I started to really feel for each character. Like, you know, like it, it, it the mom is is kind of depressed and I, I mean, it just there's so much to it. Just you, it gets you in the mindset of of from the kid's perspective as well, and as you're as you're watching a scene like Wes said that you've already kind of seen already, but from his perspective, and it's like, man, that is kind of sad, actually, you know. And it really, it it to me, it added to the to everything, um, and that might be why you you walked away a little bit less impressed with it, um, but I maybe not. Yeah, yeah. I- I've, I, I, I think it probably is a little bit pricey, uh, but it does it does pop up on sale on a on a regular basis. So I'd recommend, however much you value this at, you know, I mean, I, I think Roots you paid like is it ten dollars or ten, something? When it, ten bucks, yeah, I think ten yeah. bucks is very fair. I, I, would I think say that's twenty would that's, be fair. Ten bucks is a steal. I mean, I, I, knowing what I know now about the game, it's it's worth more than that. I mean, it's worth fifteen. Even twenty, even twenty, you know, I think it's worth that personally. It's it's another one like Batman where it's, it's you're almost it's like you're in a, a film. It's like you're in an interactive movie, and the production value and it, it's just it just makes me excited because if this is what we can get with, I mean, because I don't think they're in a massive studio. If we can get this, you know, when you look at a game on a flat screen and you play it and it looks amazing, it, it just doesn't compare to what a game looks like in virtual reality. It just can't. It, just having everything in 3D looks so good. Even some of the games that don't look that good on flat on a flat screen look great in VR. So imagine when you look at a game that looks great on flat, how much it's gonna, how good it's gonna look in VR. And this is just one of those games where you see that you see how good things can look and how good they will look in the future. And it's it's incredible, incredible visually and just everything about this game. I, I loved it so. Yeah, I'd like to also point out to those uh, PSVR owners out there, if you want to try this out, there is a uh, a demo on the PSN store. So it's called the Walter Test the Walter Test Case. So definitely uh, give you, that a look. Did you play this on PC or was it on PSVR that you tried it? Uh, I played the PSVR Walter Test Case demo, but yeah. when I played the full game, I played it on Oculus Rift. So how did it look on the PSVR? Did it look yeah. as good or? Very similar. Uh, there is some of the, uh, you know, the usual foveated rendering that you get when you look at a, something like this on PSVR, but it it was very crisp and clear on uh, PlayStation VR as well. Okay. One more thing. When I was a kid, I had a Sega CD, so I loved Night Trap and Sewer Shark and Ground Zero Texas and Tomcat Alley, all those full motion video games. So I thought video was so cool back then because, you know, you never saw it. But now that I'm an adult, I don't want to play a game that shows me a ton of video. <laughs> yeah. it, is kind of, it is kind of one of those things that, like, when it first came out, it was like, oh, my God, you're actually watching a live person doing something. Yeah. And now it's like, eh. It's kind of like when I go to watch a or find out some kind of news and they keep showing me a, a video to watch. I just want to read the, the, the rundown. I don't want to watch a five-minute video on it. Yeah. 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 As far as I, I'm, 
I go. Uh, if the story is compelling, I don't mind cutscenes and video clips. They they don't bother me at all. Uh, now, uh, now, now, if it's something that that I'm not that interested in, obviously I'm not interested in it. But uh, yeah, I think the the way that they did this worked. The video worked with this game because of the way that they integrated it. it it's, it's, it's been designed, you can tell it's been designed with this in mind. So you're actually in the room and you're looking at it on a TV. You're not having a cut, like if you're in a flat game, it probably would have just been cut to a, maybe just a, a cut scene. But it's not, you know, I just, I don't understand what you're saying. And I don't really want to sit and watch, you know, a cut scene for, for five, ten minutes where you're not doing anything. But I just felt like it really worked well with this particular game. And with the story, um, and again, it's it's not something we've seen much in VR. So having that sort of production value and having the 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 because they have screens pop up all over the place sometimes, and it's surrounding you, and like you you'll start talking, and then another screen will pop up there, and you've got to follow it around. And it, the direct the way that they directed you through the level and through the game was very very well done. I thought. Yeah, and the story of this game really wouldn't work without the. Uh those video elements it it, it uh, you really it, it goes a, a long way toward getting across the uh, differences in in perspective yeah it made it made it feel like an actual real place i think more than anything if it was just an empty apartment and there was nothing else you know i just felt like it made it helped you connect with the with the characters and the story more uh, and it did feel like it feels like a, in my mind it feels like a real place that i visited so it's really impressive, and it just again it just shows what can be done in VR with with a you know a really high quality production team and, and development team. So fun times. Yeah. All right. Well, if that's ever, anyone else has anything uh, else about transference, we'll move on to uh, to the next game of the week, which is mine. Um, I my first game is Pixel Rip 1989. And I'm pretty sure everybody knows about this game, or at least should know about it. Uh, it was very, it just came out and blew everybody away. At least it did me. Uh, it's a platform gamer by uh, Arvar Immersive Games. It's uh, selling on Steam right now for $24.99. I think I paid the full price for it. Um, I think what's so cool about this is is not only the visuals, um, even the beginning. I was playing it again last night and was just blown away, but the... The way they mix 3D and, and two-dimensional and then also the game within the game elements, like right there where you're shooting stuff. And it's just, it's one of those games that I, I've never, you couldn't duplicate this in on a flat screen. There's absolutely no way. Like there's a the last level of the first um, world, you... You're on. You see your desk, and the the ground turns into lava and starts rising. And you literally see the the level, the, the little level you're doing for the boss build up in front of you out of all your school books and backpack and all that shit. And um, it's just so cool. Uh, and uh, apparently, for the most part, was developed, I believe, by one um, one woman. And I mean, it's, she had some help in in finalizing everything but uh, worked on this game for quite a while and uh, one of the coolest things too is um last night i'd never ran into it before but i i ran into nathy in there and um in one of the in games within a game and that was pretty cool uh so yeah i i, I was blown away by this game a second time last night and i haven't played it since it came out and beat it um and i i tried the uh the the new mode that they did for halloween and if you haven't tried that, I would recommend that. It was pretty cool too because it had an element of um, 
actual anticipation where as the things are getting closer, um, you're starting to frantically try to find your, your B or whatever that thing you're looking for to, to start shooting stuff. And that was cool. It was definitely, uh, it was a reminder how, how good this game is. Now, Wes, uh, you played this, uh, pixel ripped. I, I assume, did you think it was as amazing, um, and groundbreaking as I did? Yeah, I thought it was really, really cool. Um, just on the basic uh, novelty and nostalgia factor in this game. First of all, it's a totally original concept. This is creativity pumped into a VR game. And uh, and you can tell that this is a game made for uh, us early adopter VR enthusiasts because we're all normally, you know, 90% of us are all around the same age. So when we see this, this technology, these uh, uh, certain uh, aesthetics that throw us back to our childhood, we all get the same similar feelings of nostalgia. But beyond that, uh, the way that these levels are put together, I mean, just the basic levels are cool enough that you're playing a game within a game on the handheld. But when the, when the handheld breaks open, and the game comes out into your real world. It's it's breathtaking. It's amazing. And uh, yeah, I, I was really impressed with it. I played this on PlayStation VR, and it looks wonderful in PlayStation VR. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, a VR gamer's game, uh, Pixel Rip 1989. Cool. Justin, uh, you played this as well, right? Yeah, this game was in development since at least 2014, because I remember seeing this on the oculus share like back when i had a dk2 but uh i can't remember if i actually tried it like it might have not like i could i think I, maybe i couldn't even get it to work right like and it was much lesser version of what this is so i got this at launch and i uh yeah i played all the way through it uh it was tons of fun and the platforming actually in some parts was really hard like i had to repeat a lot of sections over and over again because uh, i kept dying um like especially like the final boss like that some of those final boss stuff scenes were were pretty crazy um so yeah it was awesome and i used an oculus rift so i just held touch controllers and that's how i held the uh you know the uh game boy or whatever it's called in the game um and uh i've heard some people say you should use it'd be better to use like a track the game pad but i don't think that matters i i had no problems using touch controllers um and uh yeah it was awesome i definitely recommend it yeah it definitely felt normal i know i've, I've heard anthony say um from vr 365 say that you have to have the controller and that mm -hmm. but i i even was thinking about that last night when i was using it and i was twisting it and doing it and there was absolutely no difference now if you're one of those people that it just you can't get over using two different analog sticks at the same time um without it being one controller then i could see it being it being an issue but um, I would say the tracking for sure added to to the the whole gameplay. And I, if I had used a, just a regular controller that wasn't tracked, I don't think it would have been as good, mm -hmm. personally. Or it would have missed part of the the element that I liked about it. So definitely. And the reverse kinematics too on your arms. Oh my god! Like for very done very well. I would never guess that this game was developed by one person and then like finalized with a small group of people uh it is just very well polished um i know alex have you tried this game uh yeah but i've only done the first level so i, I didn't really put my name down because 
I don't feel I've got enough time in it. But the problem, the problem I've got is that I'm not really a retro gamer, mm. and from when I, from what I've played, it just felt like the main gameplay was actually the, the game, the Game Boy or whatever you want to call it. No, it is. So it, that's 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 why I've not really gone back into it. But I know it does open up. Maybe I don't know. If, does it does the gameplay change, or is it just the visuals that kind of open up? Or? It does, but it doesn't. Like I, it's one of those games that I would say if you aren't a platform you know if you don't like those type of games you're not going to like this game because it it, like for me like um wes was saying it there's a nostalgia even just the gameplay because it's designed like every other side-scrolling platformer was back in the day where you know you move fast the faster you move the easier it actually ends up being if you can time things right and uh um they did that very well and it, it it was that was enjoyable to me um, because I loved those kind of games. If I didn't like them or wasn't that good at them, I could see it being um, slightly frustrating or or not as appealing for sure. And it starts yeah. out... Sorry. Uh, I was just going to uh, reaffirm what you said earlier about it being hard in areas. That's the way games were back then. You had to trial and error your way through a lot of this stuff and, and practice to get through it. So uh, th- that's true to the... Uh, time uh the timeline as well if you put off at all by the black and white or like the 2d gameplay like it, it turns into color and three-dimensional for the, when you get into it further it's not it's not it's, it's more of the, just the actual gameplay itself not the actual visuals of the gameplay but mm-hmm. I, I don't know i i do need to go back into it so i feel like i need to give it more more time but it's just i've never really i've not got that incentive you know i've not got that drive to go back in because I wasn't really that bothered about the actual gameplay, but you know that's the, I suppose that's the only thing really that you probably should, we should say is, yeah, I don't know if if you're not into retro games and you're not into that sort of game, this probably won't be that appealing to you. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, like, because obviously you guys have all we've all got kind of background in. I didn't really play much of this this sort of stuff when I was younger. I can't really remember playing. What the this hell sort are of you stuff. doing? <laughs> yeah, I never really had a Game Boy and all that sort of stuff. So I mean, I played like Sonic the Hedgehog and stuff. So maybe because I know that they're bringing, uh, like they're going to be bringing one out each year. I think uh, I heard an mm-hmm. interview uh, yeah. with the developer, and and, and they're going to do a different time period. So maybe when they go into more like the Sega Genesis Mega Drive sort of era and stuff, that'll appeal to me more because of the nostalgia. But I never really did the Game Boy side of things. So this game played doesn't really i didn't really find it that fun for me but again it's maybe i'm i don't know well also um going back to what they were saying there's also a lot of uh uh easter eggs in this game not just nathy but uh psvr frank is in this game as well uh as well as some other content creators if you read some of the text written down on the uh uh you know on everything in in the classroom you'll notice references to things uh, back during that time frame. Mm-hmm. So um, the developer, Anna Ribeiro, uh, you can tell she put a lot of her heart into this. And uh, for the record, uh, she is working on, uh, I don't know if it's a straight sequel to this or just a spiritual sequel, but she is uh, working on the next one uh, as we speak. So we've got that to look forward to. When they were talking on the interview, I think it was a PSVR without parole interview, she actually confirmed that I think there's five more of these actually going to be released. And I think they're they're planning on doing one a year. So 
you know, there's, there's going to be more coming out. I think she's got a little bit more. I think she's got like a team of people now. I think someone's actually invested in her, and uh, they're going to be, you know, cranking these out because I, the the graphics are quite simplistic. So I, I'd imagine they're going to be not easy, but they're not going to be quite as intensive to make as maybe something that's like a really, you know, a first-person shooter with AAA style graphics. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what what other if there's other time periods that are more interesting it'd be interesting if they do like a Zelda sort of thing you know I can remember the old Zelda games or something if they do something like that with because I loved that I think that was one of the games I played on the Game Boy and that I really loved but I never played anything really like this sort of side-scrolling hardcore sort of thing so that's been so it's this came out May 22nd 2018 so does that mean we've got a new one coming out in the next couple weeks well, yeah. we don't know. They're definitely going to be announcing <laughs> something this year. Cause she said yeah. that it was, but the, uh, I think she said at the end of the is it? I've not played it to the end, but I think she said at the end of the game, do you, do you get you you get to choose the year or something? Yeah, and you get to vote. The next year is basically what what the vote was. So the hmm. community have actually decided what year. Uh, so what were the years? I don't know. What were the years to choose from? I don't remember. I, I didn't. I didn't vote, so I, I have no idea. <laughs> I just wondering what, are, what, what options we've got. It's kind of cool, and, though. And actually, I think, if unless I'm badly mistaken, uh, May was the original uh, release date for this, but it actually got pushed back into uh, July. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we got a couple more months before it's been a year. Cool. All right, so if anybody uh, has anything else on Pixel Ripped, if not, we'll move on to uh, Justin's first game of the week. Wes. Wes. Not West, sorry. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I, I want to talk about uh, Wipeout Omega Collection for the PlayStation VR. Uh, because it's one of uh, the very best titles on PlayStation VR. I think it's a must-own. Uh, what it is, is it's a collection of uh, earlier uh, Wipeout games. I think I don't know if they were both on PlayStation 3. I'm thinking that they were. One of them might actually be older, but uh, ported into VR. Uh, so I'm not quite sure what the titles of the games were. I think one of them is Wipeout HD, and the other one might be like Wipeout 2049 or something like that, 2046. But uh, this is a racing game. It's a spaceship racing game, and this is probably the fastest game I've played in VR. It is breathtaking how fast this thing takes you. And if you play it, uh, let me go ahead and, and suggest to you that if you really want to feel this game, uh, you have different options with the camera mode. You want to put yourself, uh, the camera, uh, to the pilot's perspective, and you want to uh, get rid of all of the blinders and stuff off of it. So you really feel like you're, uh, like you're driving the ship. And also you have an option to lock the camera to the ship or lock it to the track. And you want to lock it to the ship so that when the ship turns and goes around these banks, you go with it. And if you do that, this thing will wow you every time you play it. Uh, there's a ton of tracks to choose from between the uh, three games that it uh, that's covered in this collection. There's online multiplayer uh that uh, you can play with your friends in it up to uh, up to eight, if I'm not mistaken, and it supports party play. 
So if you start a party in the PSVR uh, lobby, like outside of the game, you can start the game and it'll automatically bring your friends in with you so you don't have to link up on the inside. Um, so uh, it's absolutely uh, a visually stunning. You would think that it was made for VR as well as it plays, sounds, and looks. Um, and uh, definitely a, a reason to, uh, to pick up a PSVR if you're on the on the fence about whether or not you're going to pick one up. This game is absolutely 100% uh, top-notch, and it's just a, uh, another example of Sony's inherent advantage. You know, Sony's on top of the, the VR space right now, and games are the reason why, and they have an unlimited supply, uh, a back catalog of games that they can pull up and put into VR at any time they want to fork up the money to do so. And uh, this game is just another example of the potential uh, for the future of PlayStation VR. Yeah, it's definitely a perfect example of um, why, like when you look at all these games that are out there and, and people just think that they can't get ported over, it's just it's going to take um, the, the company like Sony and the developers doing it um, for sure. I played this game and I, I was blown away super fast, like you said. Definitely one of the better racing games for me in VR. I, I it, my biggest thing with racing games is if I need a wheel, like I can't play a set of Corsa or any of those other ones. They just don't feel right without a, a wheel. Whereas this felt very intuitive with the controller, and um, like it did back in the day. You know, yeah, just yeah. Now in VR. I guess I should point out that it's not a racing sim, obviously. This is an arcade style, and it's not pure racing either. There are battle elements and other rule sets that are implemented in this game to vary the gameplay up. Uh, it never gets old. I, I, no matter how much I play it, I can't get myself sick of playing it. Uh, I, I can go forever on this thing. It's, it's so much fun. Well, Justin, you played this one, right? Yeah, this is one of the reasons I bought a PSVR, um, and... I don't know. There's so much content in this game. I don't know if I'll ever actually finish it all because it's three games in one. I think I finished one of them, like maybe HD, and I might be close to finishing Fury. I can't remember where I am or or what, but um, yeah, I need to get back into it, and I, I want to finish. Like I want to I, to finish it. What do you have to get? I guess you have to get first place in all the you know in the all the races or the final race. I'm not sure, but it is awesome. It's definitely one of the best racing games there is in VR. It might be the best. And, yeah, Alex, this is a reason for you to get a PSVR, this game alone. Um, but if, if I think if you do what, what Wes was suggesting, where you're, like, locked to the movement of the car, I don't know if most people can handle that. Like, <laughs> no, it is intense. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But I've been playing with my, head, with my view not locked to the car, but... I should probably try that, the one you said to do. Like, I have it so that I guess I'm locked to the horizon. So when the car goes there, my view is still, you know, the car's here, my, my view is still this. But, like, I should do it this way. Yeah, it, where it really shows up is when you go to, into these uh, elevation changes. Like, if you're going uphill mm -hmm. and there's a curb at the top of the hill and it kind of throws your car off the track into the wall. Yeah. It's like you literally go airborne. And if you're locked to the car when that happens, man, it is nuts. Hmm. It'll make your stomach go into your throat. You got to try that then. 
Yeah, awesome. considering uh, in Discord one night, Justin's trying to make himself throw up in a game. Oh, yeah, that's the goal. So that's yeah. the goal, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, so um, is there anybody else on uh, Wipeout Omega Collection, or we'll move on to um, to Justin's actual next game? I'll just uh, I'll just quickly say that this is out of all the games I want to play on PSVR. This is one of the one of the probably top three right now that I want to play. So PS5, PS5, come on, and then uh, <laughs> I can. <laughs> there's so there's there's more and more adding uh, to the PSVR library that I want to play. So it's going to be an easy. Now they've confirmed the backwards compatibility, it's going to be an easy easy decision for me to buy. I won't probably buy one on launch though because they're going to be like five hundred pound or something. You're probably better off waiting for a year and then see. But yeah, I've got. I'm probably going to like five or six games to try and catch up on at some point. So this is definitely one of the top ones. If you're going to wait a year to get a PS5, you might as well get a PS4. Yeah, they go on sale at the holidays for dirt cheap, man. And especially with this being the last year of the of the life cycle, or one of the last years, you could probably get one for uh, 125, 150. yeah, uh, what, I hear what you're dollars, saying. But, I hear what you're yeah. saying, but it's just, I, I think it'll be they'll, a lot of the stuff will be better on the PS5 as well because they'll be able to crank the super sampling up, and so you know it's just it's just one of those things where I'm, I just at this end at the end of at the end of the period now I may as well just wait and just and just get 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 one. I know people go mad and like, well, why are you waiting and all this, but I just it's just like 500. Five six hundred pound for the for a bundle with the PS5 uh, PS4 Pro and everything else, and I just feel like I, at the moment I'm better off just waiting and 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 get a PS5. You're the most patient person, honestly, that I know for real. I'm not even joking. Um, but plus, you know, you've got the Valve Index to to tide you over. I think you'll be okay. Um, you know, as as I'm relishing in my PS. VR, um, I'm going to be <laughs> jealous of you with your index. So. Well, yeah, but you're playing the same game on the index, aren't you? So. Yeah. You, you've got new new games to access on the PSVR. I do want one. Maybe maybe I'll keep an eye on on uh, you know Black Friday and or something. And if something pops up for a really really good price, I might just pull pull the. But you get, yeah. Just I don't want girl, to. Just tell your family that's what you want for the holidays, and then. It's not. Just... It's not that. I am a tight. We've got. Uh, I'm, I'm in Yorkshire in the UK, and we're well known for being tight, you know, with our money. So, it's, I think it's just bred into us, uh, you know, just to really penny pinch. And uh, maybe I'm just penny pinching a bit too much. I call it wise, being wise. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so um, all right. So, uh, Justin, what's um, what's your second game of the the week? Well, speaking of headsets, really fast. Good news, everyone. I listed my Pimax on eBay, and within 24 hours, it sold. Oh, awesome! Oh, dude. awesome, man! That's at, cool. At seven hundred dollars, and uh, let this be a warning to anybody else that's thinking about getting Pimax. Uh, make sure that it's something you really want, or for whatever reason, if you want to return it, they're not going to help you. And Justin is proof of it. Unless you're, you know, Steve, and you know Kevin Haney or whatever, it just isn't going to happen. They, they, they just don't. To me, they don't seem to care about their customer base. Kevin, that's just my personal. I think it's Kevin Henderson. And I, I emailed him directly, no response. I talked to North American support and I talked to Japanese support, no help. So, shame be, on you, Pimax. Be careful. Did you get your money back? Well, 
I sold it. Well, for the full price, for what you paid for Yeah, it. 700 was the full price. But also shipping, I had to pay eBay extra for shipping. I just I just can't believe that in 2019 a company would put out a product that they're not willing to stand behind. Mm -hmm. And I already felt like they were a little sketchy to begin with. Um, but after seeing that somebody that I know personally pretty much get in the middle finger, um, I would never give them my money and I would recommend no one else do either. But that's just my personal opinion. Thank you, Ruth. So. <laughs> All right, so I'll go to uh, the next thing, which is zero latency. This is like the void. But it's a competitor. They have um, way more locations. They have 29 locations in 18 countries. It's four continents. Uh, so this one is at MGM Grand. When I was in Vegas, so I did the void there and I did zero latency. This costs 50 bucks for th for like 30 minutes. Okay. Um, so this felt way longer. And uh, they have all original themes. You can see there like there's optical ball tracking like PSVR. So the tracking there isn't as good as uh as the voids tracking and they give you much more detailed stats like they emailed me this and it tells like my rank score overall rank kills assists deaths all sorts of stuff it said overall rank number 30 so i don't know if that meant like i'm number 30 of all time or just of the day or or what but anyway um so they have four different games it's zombie survival singularity engineerium and outbreak origins i only got to do singularity so I told the guy at the front, like, I'm experienced with VR and I want something intense. So he said, all right, well, then you want to do it in Singularity. So you can do up to eight people at once. And, you know, you can see everyone in the game. I was in a group with five people. And the room, it's, it's, it's not like the void. So it's not mapped to real objects. You're just in a big, giant room, almost like a warehouse room. And you're just walking around everywhere freely. And there's, you know, actual... I mean, like, there are actual walls and stuff in the game, but, you know, there's no real wall. You just, you know, would walk through the doorway instead of, like, through the wall. But you could walk through the wall if you wanted to. Um, so there's a white grid on the floor, and the guns were laying on the ground. So we suited up, and then we got over there, and, like, you know, they're telling us their whole spiel about do this, do that. But then they, they realized two of the PCs weren't working properly, so they had to get two of the people to go back out and, like, put new equipment on so i had to wait for that that was kind of annoying and then the the headset was this osvr headset which is like some sort of generic headset and it, it wasn't comfortable and it, there was no ipd adjustment and it you know it wasn't as good of course as a rift and then the tracking was kind of swimmy sort of like how psvr is it was like a little bit swimmy on the guns but the thing is once the game started it was so intense there's so much going on you, you didn't have time to even notice the, any it, tracking issues at all and um, also, I saw in the news recently, they're switching to WMR. So hopefully that'll make their tracking better. But, you know, WMR has its own tracking issues too. But, like, it'll be a better headset. I think it's some sort of HP WMR headset. Maybe I don't know how that's going to work. Because, obviously, if you've got, like you said, with the motion, uh, is it motion leap? No, there's no, there's no leap motion on this. No, I mean with the, oh. with the Wix. Would it not pick all the people's controllers? Or are they just paired to the headset? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're going to have like another tracking system. Maybe that optical system will be going on still, and then the WMR will be just for like individuals tracking. Right. That my guess is that's how it's going to work. So this has no like heat or cold or wind or smells. There's none of that stuff in this. So that's a big difference between this and the Void. Um, no hand tracking. 
you have a gun in your hand the whole time. So I played this game Singularity. Uh, this is a trailer for that. Uh, there are four different weapon types you can choose. You can choose a pulse rifle, a laser beam, a shotgun, or a railgun. They told me the railgun is like the highest scoring gun, and that you know, like one shot you can kill enemies. So that's why I picked the railgun. And uh, it was it's like really intense. Like there's enemies coming at you all the time from all directions. You're walking down these corridors, and um, you can use a shield. And uh, there's like uh, robot enemies coming at you, flying drones, laser sentries. Also, and you you go up and down elevators. So like there's directed walking. There are like blue arrow arrows on the floor that are telling you like where you should go, and like that's how you know like I need to walk through this doorway and go over here and do all this. Um, so they're like I said, elevators. They're moving platforms. So like all of you are gonna get on like this platform that that starts moving through the game game world. So you feel like you're actually you know, floating through corridors or floating through like, you know, big open areas um, where, and then enemies are flying all around you, they're flying enemies and there are these giant guns shooting at you and you, you gotta actually like duck, duck and cover and get up and shoot and like, you know, and, and you're, you're, uh, you're, you can die a lot in this game. Like I died four times. They said the record for deaths is one person died 34 times. Um, <laughs> But like in the void, you can't. I don't think you can die at all. The void is there's no consequences. You can just sit there and just get shot all day, and nothing's gonna happen. You're just gonna feel the uh, laser shots all over you. Um, so there's more serious scoring and stats tracking, like I said earlier. Um, so like, yeah, it told me number 30 all time, 239 kills. So that's a lot of enemies are coming at you in this game. Um, oh, one of the coolest things in this game was um, at some part. part points in the game they're like angled walkways so you're walking straight on just a flat floor but in the game you're walking on an angled or sometimes even a curved walkway um there was a pc game where you would some you would like walk on curved walkways it was a first person shooter i can't even remember what it's called now but anyway it felt like that and it was really cool it, like tricked your brain into thinking i'm really walking on this curved walkway and in real life it's just a flat floor so, this game, I think, was more fun than anything The Void has. It was, like, way more intense. It's it's not as immersive, obviously, but, like, I don't know. I might have preferred this. That, oh, that, what they just showed was one of the curved walkways. I might have preferred this. As far as the gameplay, this for sure. But, like, The Void would be cooler for, like, someone brand new to VR. This would be probably too intense like there were some people that had never done vr that i think were just overwhelmed because this was insanity um but like they have other games like this zombie game that's probably like slow moving enemies that are just like and dumb these enemies shoot at you and you know are going there's even a boss fight this giant boss at the end um so it really felt like we were fighting for our lives uh, so if I go back to Vegas, I'm going to do this again, try one of the other games. I'll do The Void again, um, for sure. So uh, I think that's about it. Does it, do you think that they'll, I mean, I, I know we've got it for the, the, the PSVR, but like I, every time I see something like this, I just wonder why we don't have guns for the PC. Like, mm -hmm. I, I just the immersion and and even the way the aim controller is designed if you just completely rip that off and put it into pc yeah. having both analog sticks I, it's just 
amazing the immersion it brings to the game mm -hmm. um i buy games for my pc psvr just because it's got aim support yeah uh i just i, I feel like some company should be doing this there are know. pc guns i think they're just expensive and it's up to the developer to, to support it and that's the problem yeah i've got a gun stock uh which i've but the problem is that there isn't anything really other than multiplayer stuff to use it with so it seems like developers are are not really making two-handed guns a lot in single-player stuff, which is obviously the main problem. Um, it would it needs to be supported, obviously. If, if Oculus, for example, decided to make a peripheral gun, then they've got to make games to support the gun, and developers have got to get on board with it. So, I like the fact that um, you know Sony have done this, and the issue, I think it's pretty. I don't, do, does anyone know how well it's sold? Whether it is, I know it's done re relatively well. It's like a peripheral, I can't say peripheral of a peripheral almost, but mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, the immersion, I mean, I've got um, a mammal, mammal, something or other, it actually uses magnets, um, so it's uh, rather than like some of the where they go on the top and they, they have the cups, it's mm -hmm. actually magnets underneath, mm -hmm. which I, I like that more because it feels more natural. So when you pull the gun off, that you actually just roll, roll it off underneath and then mm -hmm. you just pull it back up. And you can match up, obviously, like in some like contractors, you can line everything up so that when you pull your hand up to the front grip, the magnet kind of just clicks into place. So mm -hmm. it's, it feels really good. And I've put weights on mine as well. I've got like uh, ankle weights. So it actually feels like a, it's got weight to it. And I've, I've packed out my, my butt so I can pull it up against my shoulder. Hmm. It, when, I, when I play games with it, I love using it. But there just isn't really anything other than multiplayer games. To make use of it, I don't find at the moment. So that's that's the main problem with gun stocks at the moment. Yeah, I think. like if you tried it with a single player game, it wouldn't even work because the gun would be in some weird ass position, right? Most of them, most of the single player stuff is all single handed stuff. Even mm -hmm. the rifles, you don't really have to two hand them. You just kind of just hold them out. Mm -hmm. um, that's why these these more serious like onward and contractors work. Because you've got the whole reload mechanic, and it just feels really cool when you're pulling your hand off and you're pulling, a, you know, putting a magazine in and you just pop it up again. Mm. It feels really good, and obviously you can steady it, the way that you can steady your aim, and when everything's one to one, so it it does feel really good. I haven't tried an aim, but I imagine how good it must feel. Yeah. And the, the the benefit I've got is obviously I've got um, a butt, so I can actually pull it up to my shoulder oh. as well. So. Well, well I. Oh, what you're talking about is a game supporting the actual Rift controllers, whereas Roots is talking about an actual separate peripheral gun. Yeah, that's that that's going to be even less supported. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's yeah. not if they if someone made something like that, who's gonna? It's getting support for it. Whereas because it's a Sony actual, they've funded this. I mean, they the Farpoint was made around that without around the aim controller. So, mm -hmm. and obviously, then other developers are now supporting the aim controller so i don't i just don't see us getting something like that on the pc uh personally i don't think we'll get it we'll get gun stocks that use the existing controllers but i don't think we'll see anything that's a separate gun that you know it doesn't use you can it uses it so it's basically its own motion controller there are separate guns for pc but they're hundreds well, of dollars yeah they're very expensive very expensive but don't they use the existing motion controls to like Latch on or no, they're ones that are totally on. separate. 
They're only like $250 or something ridiculous. Yeah, they're crazily priced, and you probably can't use them with anything. Like, well, you, you, you're literally only going to use them. For, I think uh, Arizona Sunshine, they bought out their 200 weapon uh, update, which was built around one of these guns. But hmm. the gun is so expensive, no one's going to buy it. So it's, I don't know why they, whether they got paid to support it or what. But yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem with any of this stuff. It's like with the <clears throat> with the index controllers or knuckles. It's going to be down to the developers to support the features of that controller. Otherwise, you're just going to be playing it similar to what you've already got. So. I think in this game I reloaded. There, you know, like cocking it. Like there's a, a slide thing on the bottom. I think that's, that's how. Type thing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I, don't know, I just think I think there's some. But it would be cool. I guess. And maybe it's not feasible, but I'd love to have a PC aim controller. But uh, so if that's that's about it, if um, we can move on to uh, Alex's second game. Uh, yeah. This is well. This is more of an experience than a game, but. Uh... After talking about the horror thing and everything, and obviously Wes recommended Affected the Manor, uh, which I don't know if he was trolling me, but yeah, this, 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 I don't think this is a good introduction to horror because it scared the shit out of me. But uh, I have actually recorded it, so I'll put a link in the description if anyone wants to watch. Um, but yeah, I recorded it and I did it during the day while my girlfriend was out, and I'm glad I did because I screamed quite a few times in this. Uh, you, it's um, it's very, it's quite cheap. I think this is only like five dollars or something, but it's not expensive. But you, you have two paths, so you've got a left and a right path, and I think there's multiple endings within that. So I think there's maybe like four different endings. So there is a little bit of replayability, but the, the each each playthrough is about fifteen minutes long, so it's not, you know, it really is a short, a short sort of demo material almost. Um, you, you you are it's like a haunted house so you're basically you're walking through this house and things pop out and things happen and the graphics are actually really good uh the experience is really good it's really well made they've got a few different locomotion options so you can have uh head orientated use your uh controller orientated so they've, they've, they've you've got graphic settings so if you've got a graph depending on what graphics car you've got uh you can obviously turn it up and down um, the, you move with them like um, just the trigger. Basically, trigger makes you walk, and you walk quite slowly. So it, it's definitely just more of a, like a de like a demo experience where you just you just walking through the environment, and then pre-defined things happen. So you know there's nothing there's nothing chasing you or anything like that. Where you've got to run away from anything. You're basically just constantly going down a single path. And then they'll throw things at you in your face. And there's this weird, weird woman who, there's something creepy about you, like girls, you know, like these anime, these Japanese type girls with the long hair and they're really pale. And the, yeah, she got me quite a few times. And even when I knew that it was coming, I'd still scream. And uh, you know, I was, I was, I was honestly tense the entire time I was walking through this thing. My whole body was tense. At one point, I was literally shaking. Uh, I was swearing a lot. Yeah, it was uh, it was an experience. It, but weirdly, when I came out of it, I kind of felt on a high, and I thought I definitely will do will do something again. Um, I'll have to look at what I maybe start with some more other short things. But I, if you watch the video, you'll see the last five minutes. I just wanted it to be over. I was literally <laughs> just 
I was literally just saying, you know, just, let's, let's just get it on with, you know. I, I was just walking and just, you know, shouting almost. And, yeah, I was just, it was it was 15 minutes of jump scares and me shitting myself, so. <laughs> it's awesome, though, right? I don't know. Like you said, the adrenaline that it gives you is, is something that all of us, we are veterans, are chasing in one form or fashion. And for me, horror tends to be a good way to find it now. Some people have be, become desensitized, so I almost envy you, Alex. Like I, I, I still have that, but it's not as intense as yours. Because I even went back in this and was just kind of walking around like it was nothing. Granted, I'd already been in it once, but it was not like some of the other ones where, like, you just with what is it, uh, Dreadhall? So it can get pretty creepy as fuck, man. Like, really creepy. But, uh, but yeah, so um. I guess, uh, Justin, you, you played this as well, correct? Yeah, this was a demo on the DK2 back, you know, 2014. Um, but they improved it. They improved this. Like, this version has a lot more going on. It has better graphics. Uh, the old one, yeah, it had the manor. The, and then they also had, like, a mental institution that you walk through where psycho people are running around. And then there was also, like, a uh evil haunted like circus or carnival area so that makes me think like maybe they'll just keep coming out with like maybe the next one we'll see is the mental hospital and then the next one will be the carnival because this is called the manor like there were different there's an elevator and there are different floors to go to Hmm. to see the different different scary sections um yeah this was a a lot more going on in this than i remember like you know all like all the stuff flying around and stuff and just a lot more a lot more effects, I think better lighting and stuff. Um, the the girl that you were talking about, like she annoys me because she like just does the same thing over and over. Um, yeah, it's, I mean it's, it's 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 just jump scare. There's there's a bit of kind of they do they've got some good audio, uh, positional audio and things, and like you get whispering in your ear and things, which builds up the tension. But ultimately, it is like the same kind of jump scare over and over with this yeah. girl. But, yeah. yeah, it got me. I mean, every time, even <laughs> though I knew it was coming, I'd still lift the scream out. And, uh, yeah, it, it's got a good production value, though. The graphics yeah. are really nice. Uh, the sound quality is really good. It's like you say, it's almost like they took the three experiences and then they just kind of separated them, but they haven't. This came out a while ago, I believe. This is quite an old game. So you'd think that they would have bought the others out by now. Yeah, 2017 it says. Completely remastered. Yeah, 2017. So it's two two years ago. Mm-hmm. So maybe they didn't get enough sales to warrant developing the others or something. I don't know. Yeah. But if they added the others in there included, it'd be an easy recommend. But it is cheap, so you can get this on the go as well. I don't know what it looks like on the go, but I noticed it was on the go for like two ninety nine or something like that. So um, I presume it's coming for the quest as well. Probably. I read this has branching paths. I haven't investigated that much. I don't know if anybody else has. At, at the yeah, beginning, you've got two left and right, and then at the end, you've got like well, when the ending I got, there was one way you go down some stairs, or you could go straight on. Uh, so there's there's kind of like four different endings, and I don't know what the difference is between the paths, but yeah, there's, there's at least two ways to mm-hmm. play. You probably got like thirty minutes if you played through both paths and then chose one ending. You probably like 30, 40 minutes tops, uh, but it's really good demo material like if you want to put someone in and scare them. Because oh, yeah. it's slow, slow moving, so you're not going to get someone's not, not one's going to get sick, and it is really it's really, it's really well done. So 
it certainly worked on me um and i'll definitely i'm going to look at the list of games and pick something else and uh, but what was that one you were talking about, Justin, where you're mixing potions and stuff? That looks quite cool. I might do that one next. Dread Eye, yeah. Dread Eye, yeah. I might try that one because that looks like it's relatively short. And I just want to start with shorter stuff, maybe, until I get and then uh, record them and put them up. And uh, well, that one you sit in one spot. You don't walk around or anything, really. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh. it's cool. It's it's cool. It's like a fairground ride, almost. You know, like a haunted house fairground ride, but you're your own home. So. That's the sort of thing that VR does really well. Like you watch it. I mean, if you watch the video I put up, it's really dark. I did try brightening it up, but uh, it's difficult to sometimes to see what the hell's happening. But when you're actually in the headset, you see obviously a lot more. So it's uh, it's one of those diff- difficult things to convey to people watching on a flat screen what it feels like. But mm-hmm. it felt really good and really well done. Yeah, Wes, did you get different endings? Uh, I don't know. Uh, if I got the same ending as him or not, I think we got the same one because by his description, it sounds like uh, like it was the same place I ended up. You mean you didn't but watch my video? I did watch your video. Oh. But when I played it, I went. I took the left-hand path. Oh, right, okay. And I saw you take the right-hand path, right. yeah. and it was very different than what I played. So uh, after about five minutes or so, I turned it off and just listened to it because I didn't want to spoil it. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you, there's a left-hand path and a right-hand path. And uh, I took the left-hand path. I played this on PlayStation VR. And I think my video ended up being something like 45 minutes or something <laughs> when I played through it. But uh, I, I went very slow. And you know how I am. I, I pointed out every little detail I could find in every room. And I wasn't trying to run and... Holy hell, let's get done with this as quickly as possible. Um, but I enjoyed it. Uh, I felt like the, the textures were a little bit dated and the movement was a little bit slow. But uh, the environments were certainly creepy. And uh, it was pretty standard, basic haunted house jump scare machine. Uh, for the price uh, that you can get this thing for, it's definitely worth it. And uh, I, I watched another video on it. Uh, about the version that Justin was talking about and saw these um, these other uh, other experiences, the, the mental hospital, and I forget what the other one was. And I really would like to see that stuff come over too. I'd like to experience that as well. Um, but yeah, the, I know for a fact that there's a branching path at the beginning, and I, I experienced the same thing that you described as well is I, I felt like I had two options at the end, and I think I took the same one you did by uh, going left through the door instead of... Oh, no, I, I went straight ahead. Oh, you yeah. went straight? I went left. Yeah. I, I think I went left. I'm not sure. It's been a while. But, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely a, a solid uh, beginner title for, for VR Horror. If, if this <laughs> one made you have a heart attack, uh, I feel sorry for you going forward. Because oh, it's only going to get worse from here, buddy. Okay. Yeah, yeah let's hope. Let's see what uh, Resident Evil Seven does to you when it comes to PC. <laughs> I'll, when I don't when I don't come on the show anymore, you'll know what it's done to me. Yeah, that's right. When you're in a ball curled up and uh, and freaked out. Uh, all right. So if nothing else for uh, affected the manor, uh, we'll move on to um, my uh, third game, which is uh, No Limits Two. 
Now, the reason why I wanted to talk about this one, this game, is because there's so many roller coaster things out there, apps, and most people try all the shitty ones, like all the shitty ones. Every single one that I've played that isn't this game pretty much to some extent is shit. I mean, it's okay. There's some that are okay. Um, but like when I first got into VR, like, of course, so you think about roller coasters and all that stuff. And so I checked into this game and ended up picking it up. And it's just amazing that it's, um, it came out in 2014 as a regular flat game and they added VR and I'm not sure exactly how far along they did, but thank God they did. Um, it boasts to be the, the most realistic roller coaster physics wise. And I would agree. Um, I don't know how they do it, but you can almost feel the, the, the G force. Um, and, uh, what really shines about this is the, um, the created content from people on the online mode or the steam uh, workshop. There's so many different, not only roller coasters that people have created that are very intriguing ones that are unique, but there's also recreations of, of places I've been in real life and people have created entire amusement parks. So really there is no limit to what you can do with this game. And, um, <laughs> I will give you a warning. What you don't want to do, which my ex-wife decided to do, like she got in there and, and immediately started looking all around and it was like a minute and she had to get out of there because it was going to make her sick. Um, and yes, that, I know that sounds foreign to people to, to actually hang out with your ex, but, uh, we're still friends. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, I would recommend it. Um, it, it is a bit steep in price. It's, it's $40 at the moment on, Damn. on steam. Yeah. It's it. Damn. I, I bought it when I first got into VR and I, I mean, my first year of VR, I was crazy. I just bought every fucking game. I didn't care how much it was. Um, and uh, I, I definitely think it's worth 40 but if you can get it on sale, um, I would definitely do that before I paid $40, obviously. Uh, but it does really give you a good feeling of being on an actual roller coaster. Plus, you can switch seats. You can ride in the front or the back. Um, and uh, it's just fully customizable. You can even change the speed of the roller coaster. If you want to get crazy and switch it up to like 10 times what the, they developed it for, um, you can. So like if Justin wanted to... to make himself puke this you could do it on this game justin i think you could do it pretty easily if if you tweak things enough um but uh, have you have you tried this before justin yeah i have it um, oh, okay yeah i little kids when little kids have come over here like this is what i've put them in for their first time for vr <laughs> <laughs> and uh these these little kids they loved it they didn't get motion sick at all i was amazed and uh i would actually get a fan and point it at them so they would feel the wind on them uh, during these roller coasters. Uh, yeah, it's it's cool. It's fun. I love roller coasters. I need to try this game like with uh, transducers vibrating. Oh yeah. Mm. Be, I bet there's a lot of things you could do to really kind of tweak it out. I wish you could get like a gyroscope machine that went in sync with it. That'd be really cool. Oh my god. Yeah. But there's, there's a free. I downloaded this as a. Free, I think there's a free demo of this. Uh, and you can actually try two of the roller coasters out. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I've, I've tried. There's definitely one. I'm, I'm sure it's this one. And there's two free lo roller coasters. And it did. It, it felt good. I mean, I it was one of the early earlier games, so I didn't last very long before I had to come out. But yeah, I'd, it'd be interesting to try again. I see if I can handle it. But uh, 
it's yeah it's, it's like you say that because on these community this community made uh roller coasters so mm -hmm. basically you've got recreations of pretty much every roller coaster there is plus obviously loads of fantasy ones as well so uh, there's a lot of content there if you if you like roller coaster stuff plus if you're inclined to build like i'm not the most you know tech savvy when it comes to that but like for somebody that loves to build things and maybe create your own roller coaster, you could probably get pretty elaborate with it. I wish it was more designed like um, that other roller coaster game that everybody wants in VR. That's not because it's not designed to be easy to make um, the, the the tracks, but uh, it's a little bit more technical. But I think if you got it down, it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm super yeah. glad that uh, that you guys are, are are mentioning mentioning this and bringing it up. Uh, because I've always wanted a good roller coaster sim. You, you know, this is one of the no-brainers when you talk about coming into VR. This is something that you think would be widespread is good quality roller coaster sims. And there's loads of roller coaster sims out there, but most of them suck. Mm -hmm. And, and I've, looked, I've played a bunch of them. And uh, honestly, the best one I've played to this point is... is Rush of Blood, and that's not just a roller coaster sim. That's a, a horror, you know, rail shooter. Uh, so I'm super pumped to actually hear you guys say that this is a, a good one. So I assume that you can really feel the height and the movement as you're moving through these tracks, huh? Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Awesome. I'll be trying this uh, in short order. <laughs> yeah. Would you, put your, definitely... would you put your kids in it? Oh yeah, they'll love it. They ride roller coasters, uh, you know, all the time. Anyway, we go to Kings Island uh, through the summertime, and uh, yeah, they'll they'll love it. And and like you said, for some reason, uh, they they're like immune to motion sickness, like or VR sickness. You know, they may get car sick, but uh, you, you can put them in anything. You know, they'll play Wipeout, no problem. You know, uh, nothing in VR has really made any of them sick. Wow. I wonder if that's just because they we've got more time on this earth this way and they to, to compensate or overcompensate for. But blows my mind sometimes the way they can go in it. Cool. All right. Well, unless anybody has anything else, we'll move on to um, Wes's last game. Okay. Yeah. So I just wanted to talk a, a little bit about a game that we, we spoke about uh, a few episodes ago, and that game is a chair in a room, green water. Uh, so when this came out for PlayStation VR, I decided to play it on Steam and uh, and compare what I'm seeing versus what the PSVR community uh, are saying about it. And I enjoyed the game uh, fairly well, but uh, this is a um, this is a mystery game. You know, people kind of called this an escape the room game, but this is not really an escape the room game. This is a this is a psychological mystery game. And uh, basically, uh, it's by Wolf and Wood, the same developer that brought us the Exorcist Legion VR. And uh, it's very uh, vis visually similar to the Exorcist Legion VR. Things look the same. It's the same high-quality visuals and sound. Uh, but when I started this game, me and this game got off to a bad start because I come into it and... Um, it defaults into uh, uh, 
room scale. Like there's no locomotion options in it. You can't turn, you can't walk around. So I'm like, okay, that kind of sucks that it defaults to this, but I'll just go into the menu and, and change the options around and, and turn on the free movement and uh, smooth turning. So I go into the menu and there is no option for free movement and smooth turning. And I know that, that that's not right because I've seen videos of other people moving around in it. Uh, so as it turns out, they locked this game uh, into room scale only unless you meet a certain requirement. Your play area has to be so small before they give you access to the locomotion options. So literally, uh, I tried to play it with room scale, but this was right after I broke my TV, you know, playing Vacation Simulator. So... I bumped into the wall a little bit. I touched my TV and I said, you know what? Screw this. I'm not playing it this way. Um, so I had to go out of the game. I had to go into uh, and run the, uh, the, the, the setup for my play area again, bring my chaperone walls in a little bit closer. And uh, sure enough, when I went back in the game, uh, the options that should have been there to begin with were finally in there. So I got off to a bad start with it. I was really pissed off about that. Like I said earlier in this video, we should have options. I, mean, I understand that the developers have a vision about the way they want their game to be played, but at the end of the day, the, the choice should be to the player, especially when, with something like locomotion. I mean, how are you going to lock somebody out? But anyway, after I got into the game, I, I soon forgot my, my anger that I felt on the first day. Because the mystery is put together in a very good way. Uh, you're a, a patient in a mental hospital, uh, you're heavily medicated, and you're basically trying to put together your own identity and uh, try to dis determine why you're in the mental hospital. Uh, after a while, you find out that you've left yourself little notes scrawled into the wall and uh, into books, and you've left yourself all kinds of little messages and clues and uh, basically how this thing works is you end up in this uh, dormitory, which I'm not sure is even a real dormitory because you keep things in this room that I don't, I don't think the hospital staff would let you have. So I'm thinking maybe even this dormitory may be in your mind, but, you know, that's a different topic entirely. But when you're in this dormitory, you find physical items that trigger things in your memory that put you into the different scenes of the game and each scene being a, a different part of your story going in chrono chronological order you start with the one that happened longest ago and uh and you basically you try to put together the story the best you can you know taking into account that you are an unreliable narrator in the fact that you're uh, obviously have some psychosis and you're heavily medicated. So how much can you actually trust your your, your own memories anyway? Uh, so anyway, the, 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 develop, the developers pretty much hold your hand through this one. Uh, they pretty much show you your story a piece at a time. Basically, the only challenge is finding the right items in the game to trigger the next vision. Uh, and at the end of the game, uh, they spell out 90% of the story for you uh just they pretty much tell you 
who you are and why you're here uh, in the last few scenes. Uh, but at the end, they do leave some things unanswered, and the, the ending is open-ended, uh, so it makes me kind of feel like that maybe they were toying with the notion of a sequel, which I would like to see. I'd like to see where the story goes. But all in all, it's not as good as the Exorcist Legion VR. I don't think it's worth the uh, $25 price tag they put on it. But for $15 or $20, it, it's solid. There's a few scares in it. Uh, it's a dark psychological mystery that is worth your time uh, playing through if you're into story-driven games. Cool. Justin, uh, you, you uh, played this game as well, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was, uh, like a, I think, a launch game in 2016, and I played through it. I liked it, but I wasn't crazy about it. It's kind of an escape the room, but with levels. You know, puzzle, you got to do a puzzle here and there, and then you've done enough stuff to go to the next section. And um, it, the story, unlike West, the story confused me. Once I got to the ending, I was like, I was like, what, what's going on here? But I, I think I didn't pay enough attention. I, I barely remember it at this point. Um, I don't know. That's about it. Well, I'll tell you one thing that, that confused me. You know, I mentioned earlier how I had to, uh, I went in initially, but I couldn't play it because of the locomotion and I had to go back out mm-hmm. and come back in. Some things changed about the, the, the opening scene. It was different the second time I went in than the first time. The first time I went in, uh, there was a red ball, like in the in the cups. Mm-hmm. And, and well, I mean, that was in both times. But uh, the first time I went through it, that ball turned into a spider. Uh, mm-hmm. And that didn't happen the, the second time I went through the game. Also, something that, that was different about the first time I went in is that I, I read somewhere... Uh, either on the back of my hand or on a, a piece of paper or maybe even scrolled into the wall, it said, uh, be sure to read everything. It was like a note to myself telling me that I should read everything. Hmm. And that's actually a very good piece of advice for this game because all of the real clues about who you are and, and where you're coming from uh, was in the text. So if you didn't go through it and read all the little words and things, on the little piece of a postcard or section of a magazine or newspaper, then you really wouldn't pick up uh, the full story the way that I did mm-hmm. just because, you know, I'm in the habit uh, of reading everything anyway. But uh, yeah, I found that, that interesting that, uh, that they, that the, the opening was, was different both times that I went in. Hmm. That is, I, and it makes me wonder if that was intentional or if they, I mean, obviously they didn't, I don't know if you re-downloaded it or had an update since then, but uh, you know that's pretty cool that there's two different things. Maybe because you're going crazy. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh yeah, and they added an update at one point. They called "Missing Girl." Did you try that? No, I didn't. It's the first I've heard of it. Oh yeah, there's this. I don't know if PSVR has it, but PC has it, and it's just this one room, and it's pretty short. You could use it as demo material if you want to do some scary demo material, and uh, it's pretty spooky. Um, so that's all I'll say. I don't want to give any of that away. Do you, do you launch that from inside the game or is it a separate, uh, title yeah, from within the game there? I think there's a picture on a, on a door or something like maybe. Oh, it, 
Yeah, I saw that picture. It said missing girl on it. I just didn't even think anything about it. I was just like, hey, look, there's a missing girl. So you, <laughs> you, you checked uh, everything but that, though. <laughs> yeah, right. You could do that for your channel. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm you know me. I'm a completionist yeah. on my channel. I play games start to finish. So if there's something in this game I didn't get to, I have to go back and do it, right? Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, uh, unless there's anything else on the chair in a room, that's pretty much does it for uh, the seventh episode of Virtual Strangers. So. Nope. All right. All right. Well, appreciate everybody uh, checking this out, and um, we have uh, links in the uh, description to all of our channels for for content. Um, I just was told today that I need to uh, start putting some more content out. No, actually, Wes was asking me like, "Hey, have you stopped putting out content? I I'm making them. I just I'm not editing them. I need to put it out." But uh, but yeah, we got those links down in the uh, description. And uh, as always, appreciate you checking us out. I want to say real quick, uh, I just want to thank everybody that's been helping us spread the word uh, about our channel and our show. We've been uh, experiencing a, a little bit of growth lately, and I know it's uh, due to our viewers uh, getting the word out there. So I just want to say thank you to anyone who's helping us spread the word. And to those of you that are watching and are liking our show, if you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe, like it, and tell a friend. And uh, yeah, again, thanks.